G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. With it Wednesday this week, uh, welcome into Afternoons with Staffy here on SENZ. Our midday madness today, the first hour, was I got you the listeners and I had a bit of a dart too, picking New Zealand's top 11 as we get towards the pointy end of the T20 World Cup. We nearly made it to the semis, but what does your top 11 look like? What does mine look like? We'll compare notes. Uh, also on the show today, we talked to Hamish Kerr, Kiwi Olympic high jumper from Athletics New Zealand's drive to get more kids involved into athletics over the summer and just his journey to become one of the premier high jumpers in the world as well. A real feature interview today, uh, Muhammad Al-Shabagi. Um, he's been number one in the world a number of times at squash. He's here for two big tournaments down here, taking on our very own Paul Cole. A bit of a chat about his career and what's it like to play against Paul Cole. Uh, good chat with Muhammad. Really appreciated his time. Caught up quickly with Greg O'Connor. The draw has been done for the New Zealand Cup, which is next Tuesday. Who fared well? Who struggled a little bit? Uh, we've found... At the end of today, we found out our top four, our semi-finalists for the GWE Top of TV Character Jamboree. Lots and lots of voting in with that one. We had NBA chat, we had Major League Baseball chat, we found out what's making news. And we had the chase today because that's what happened on Wednesdays. Good to have your company here on the Afternoons with Staffy. Gull, fueling your mission. Pop into your local for some good value fuel. Gull.nz, here to get you through your workday. This is Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Welcome in. Good afternoon. What are we? What's the name of uh, the day after Christmas Day is Boxing Day? What's the day after Melbourne Cup Day? Let's call it the day after Melbourne Cup Day. Second of November, the first Wednesday of November. That's what we'll call it. Hope you enjoyed your day. Hope you made a little bit of coinage. What's the like acronym? Day after, after Melbourne Cup. They're like, like Mac. Dam. Mac-tiff. Day after Melbourne. Dam. C. D. Damsed. Damped. Damped. It's the damped. Yeah, we'll go Doesn't with that. Doesn't quite work. <laughs> we'll go with that. <laughs> we can do better. Yeah. Um, what do we got today? We've got a three-hour show today because, of course, at three o'clock, running it straight is on with uh, Tony Kemp and Sam Hewitt. Uh, we're getting deep into the World Cup now, and they have Michael Maguire, Kiwis coach, on the show today, so do stay tuned to listen into that. And um, I'm quite excited. All these tournaments coming to the pointy end. When you think about the 
the Rugby League World Cup, uh, the Rugby, uh, the Women's Rugby World Cup as well. What are we, semis now? Big matches this weekend. Big, big matches. Um, and then, of course, the T20 World Cup. We've got one more game against Ireland for the Black Caps. And then we hit the semis in that as well. Just the next uh, two or three weeks are going to be absolutely fantastic. So um, we're going to keep abreast of everything. We'll try to. We will try to. Uh, coming up today, coming up today, we're going to talk to, hopefully, uh, yet to be confirmed because their travel and their uh, media commitments are all over the shop, but we're hoping to talk to Mohammed Al Shabagi. Now, he was, I think, the fourth youngest ever world number one squash player that, that ever was. Um, it's about 30, 31, uh, but he is over here for a big tournament, um, which is sold out in Tauranga, which is awesome, but you will be able to watch it live online. And uh, the New Zealand team of um, Joel King and, of course, the great Paul Colt, they'll be representing New Zealand. They basically play singles games um, in two groups, top two into the final. Bang. See if we can win it. It's the inaugural event of this type. First to seven, best of seven. A couple of singles matches. Um, and also Hamish Kerr, Kiwi Olympic high jumper, um, and athletics in New Zealand have a drive to get more kids into athletics over this summer. So I'm going to talk to him about when he very first started off in athletics and what he's got out of it with the advantage of starting off as just a kid uh, right up to being an Olympic athlete. Um, looking forward to the chat with him. But Midday Madness today, I want you to tell me the Black Caps' best 11 heading into, um, what would we be, 90% chance of being a semi-finalist? So I don't want to dismiss the Irish chances, but just on the back of their game last night, they lost to England. We always talk team selections, have we got things right? So I think one of the difficult things to talk about is Kane Williamson, um, but you can choose whether you want to talk about him, um, captaincy, have we got the batting order right, have we got the bowling mix right, how much do the conditions come into it? So share with us your first eleven. As you see it right now of the Black Caps as we are getting very close to the T20 World Cup semi-final. So that's midday, man. Let's, let's have a go at cricket. 0800 150 Well, listen, Buster. You better start to move your feet to the rockin'est beat of madness. Good stuff. Phone lines are open and in they come. Let's go first of all to Tauranga. Talk to Craig, which is the city that's hosting the squash at the moment. But uh, good afternoon, Craig. G'day, Steph. Yeah, I'd love to actually go and have a look at that, but uh, obviously that's not going to happen. Um, the squash, yeah, it'd be good. Mm. Um, before I get onto the cricket, just um, thanks for yesterday. Uh, I, I took a uh, gold trip on your advice. Got it at 15s. I know it went out to like 21s, but, but I was happy at 15s. Um, and, and then... Also, just listening to your show yesterday, uh, I took boxed up five horses uh, with a twenty percent share in the trifecta. Oh. Uh, I got I got one, two, four, and five, oh. and the horse that ran third was the one that you drew me in the sweepstakes, oh. and I didn't take it. <laughs> so that was a bit disappointing. But um, yeah, so I had I had that horse and and you. Jeez, I tell you what, uh, that anyway, finished like a train. That horse that came third. Oh, I know, and of course I didn't want it to. I was looking at it going, just stay as fast as That that would have been awesome. But uh, and the other horse I had was uh, was horse four, uh, which you'd also tipped out, but that that ran right down the back. So, um, but yeah, if one, two, four, and five doesn't pay out, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> then what? Anyway, one of those things. 
Uh, on the cricket, um, for this tournament, I, I wouldn't change anything. The, the, um, I would leave it the same. I know Kane's a little bit slow. What I would do is look at, at floating the batting order a little bit. I think we can be a bit smarter about doing that. Um, and, and there's a time and a place for, for either Phillips uh, or Mitchell to come in ahead of Kane, and, and that's what I've been looking at. Um, but I, I wouldn't I wouldn't change. I'd, I'd start with the same 11. Um, the only other one, of course, was, was Lockie and maybe Adam Milne for him. But, but again, um, I, I don't think they'll change it, and I personally wouldn't wouldn't change it. Um, yeah, that, that's that's for me. What I did do though, actually, just bef- um, before I let you respond to that, was um, uh, was when we lost yesterday. Uh, of course, we got Ireland coming up, and then the first my first thought was, if we get rained out against Ireland, then then we'll miss the semis. So first thing I did was check the weather forecast for for Adelaide for, for Friday, but it looks all right. So um, mm. so we should get that game, and 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 that's the problem, right? We, we, you know, when you factor in the weather that they've had in Australia, we, we put ourselves in a well, in a potentially uncomfortable um, situation by, by losing that game. But England, England were better. England played better. England deserved to win. Um, but moving forward, yeah, for me, wouldn't change. Wouldn't change the lineup. Same eleven. Yeah, the, just on the floating thing, it's interesting. I've got my openers as Phil Allen, Devon Conway, and then I've bracketed Phillips and Williamson. And the reason I've done that is if Finn Allen goes out, put in Phillips. If Devon Conway goes out, put in Kane Williamson, because I think. Yeah, I, you know, Carry on. Oh, go on. Sorry. Oh no, I was just. Oh, gonna, I, was no, I, I liked I've heard that theory before. Yeah. Oh, we both talk at the same time. Um, my only point with that is if if you've got if you've got Allen and Phillips in together and they're both firing, imagine that. That would just be unbelievable to watch if the two of them went nuts together. How cool would that be? But, oh. um, but I do I do understand that, that you know Conway and or Williamson kind of to to steady the innings and and have everyone else going hard around them. Um, I get the idea. Um, but I'd love to see uh, Finn Allen and, and, uh, and Glenn Phillips going nuts together. Mm. What about, so my Smokey I've put in at seven is Michael Bracewell. Like, I think he's like a, a good pinch hitter, a good surprise entry for the, for the opposition. He can hit it as hard as anyone apparently. He's got, he's got an efficient bowling game as well and I've put him in for Sodi um, at seven. Yeah, so I, just I was going to say a, that's the only place. It's a bit better batting. That, that is he comes in. He comes in for Sodi, Un- unless you're on a really slow wicket, and then maybe you- you'd bring him in for Ferguson. But I, I like having that out now pace in the team. Mm. Uh, I-, I think each bowls um, has been bowling really well. I know he can get taken sometimes. Um, yeah, so so all in all, I- I'd keep the same eleven. I know there's calls for Guptill instead of Williamson and and things, but um, but yeah, no, not for me, not for me. I'd stick stick to the same eleven. Good stuff, mate. Good to hear from you. Cheers, Cheers Stephen. Thanks again for the tip for yesterday. I was happy with that. No worries, mate. Good on you. Craig with right. a little bit of cash. Yeah, Missed that on a big bit of cash, though. Um, Cricket 11 had a few texts in, which I will get to. Someone said the day after Melbourne Cup Day is called the day before Oaks Day. So it's Oaks Eve. I like that. I like that. And six days away from the New Zealand Cup as well down at Addington. Uh, let's go to Zade. G'day, Zade. Hello. Hello. Good afternoon, Staffy. Good afternoon, Zade. Um... Yeah, the Black Caps result was sucked a bit last last night, but um, Trent Bolt usually gets wickets and he didn't get anything last night. Um, dropped Josh Butler twice, which cost us in the end. He got 73, so we just didn't quite have the opportunity to win. But I've actually got a bit of an interesting lineup, so I would go with Guptill and um, Allen opening, and I'd actually move Conway down to four and take Nisham out of the team. Oh. Because he's not really firing, so I'd get rid of Nisham. Yeah. So you'd move Conway down to four, did you say? Yeah, and then Phillips, and then Mitchell. 
Where's Williamson? Yeah. Williamson stays at three. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So you right, open with you, you open with two um two powerful two powerful batters and hoping that one's going to come off. So you've got Allen and Guptill because I think Guptill's so experienced. You need him in the semi final. So I reckon just bring Guptill back in. Um. Yeah. You open with him, him and Allen. Then you have um, Williamson, then Conway, and then probably Phillips and then Mitchell because you don't need. To, I don't. I don't think you need Nishim and Mitchell on the same team because um, Nishim's not bowling and he hasn't been firing at all. So I don't think you need Nishim. And they haven't. Has, has, has Mitchell but, has Mitchell done any bowling yet? No, he hasn't. No. Nah. Hmm. Yeah, so, they don't. I, I think I reckon Nishim. Yeah, I reckon you get rid of him. And you, and I think I'd bring um I'd, I'd I'd rather bring Milne in for Ferguson. I reckon. And you still got to keep Bolt, Salvi, Santner, and Sodi. I think. Mm. All right. So they they were the two best bowlers last night. Santner and Sodi bowled real real good last night. That was the ones that were. Keeping us on the team, but we did start to get a bit of momentum when Phillips and Williamson was in there. But then Williamson went out, and that was the end of the game. That's when we faltered really. Mm. It sucks that they couldn't have stayed. There. Williamson could have stayed in there for a few more overs, and then who would have known what would happen on the last over if Phillips and that was still there? But it didn't mm. happen. So but we have to beat Ireland. If we don't beat them, then we don't deserve to make the playoffs. This semi-finals, nothing, nothing to it. If you can't beat Ireland, then you don't deserve to make that. That's for sure. Yep. All right, buddy. Thanks for the call, Zade. Thank you. Cheers, mate. Uh, someone just texted in saying, didn't Bracewell take Ireland to the cleaners early this year over there? Bracewell was amazing on the, it was sort of the under radar, under the radar tour, wasn't it, over in Northern Hills. Bracewell was great. And um, I just think, you know, uh, not a pinch hitter, but a pinch player. Um, bit of a surprise factor, keeping it fresh. Uh, we'll go to Gary in Upper Hutt. G'day, Gary. Hello, Gary. Hello. Gotcha. Hello, you there? Yeah, I've got you now. Yep. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah sorry, mate. Just walked into another room. I wasn't sure if you'd take my call, actually, after throwing the L word at you the other day. <laughs> Just sort of throw that one into the conversation. There's a big pause after I said it, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just thought I'd try and get a reaction out of you. No. But you're a bit of a professional. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, for me, I'd only do one change, and that would be Bracewell as well. Um, I'd keep Kane, even though I bang on about him all the time. I just don't think it's the right time to change with him. Mm. But um, I, I want to get Michael Bracewell on the side, and I'd do it actually for... Um, oh, God. Ireland. Gives me out, drop the catch last night. Mitchell? Oh, right. Yeah, yep. I'd, I'd drop Yeah, yeah I'd, I'd drop Mitchell out myself. Because um, he, once again, doesn't bowl. Then again, neither does Nisham. But I think out of that, because it'd be between those two, and I think the one who has the most potential of sort of going explosive with what you want in 2020s is probably Nisham rather than Mitchell. But um, I just like the idea of having the option of three spinners in the side. I mm. mean, you showed it last night. The spinners in 2020s, they can win your matches. Yeah, I was just wondering about, like, obviously they have to take into account the ground they're at and the wicket they've got. And I heard the commentator yeah. say, this is the kind of wicket England have been looking for. So, yeah, there is difference in wickets. So I'm not sure where the semi-final would be played. I'm not sure where they're playing Ireland. Actually, I should look that up. Uh, Adelaide, wasn't it? it? Yeah, Adelaide. I think I think they've got Ireland and Adelaide, um, but don't know where the semi is. But so, and it is horses for courses, so maybe it is a spin friendly or or, or better suited for spin um, wherever the semi final yeah, is. I, but I just think Michael Bracewell's yeah, I, a bit of an untapped. He's a bit like Samasoni Tokiahu. Give him a go, and he'll, he'll go the way he'll go. Yeah, well, I mean, we've watched him here for Wellington for a little while now, and when he gets going, mate, with the bat, he is awesome. Mm. And um, with the ball, he, he's a He's a better than an average bowler. You know, everyone sort of un, sort of underestimates 
what he does with the ball. But I, I, I really rate him. And he's a guy that does not drop catches either. You won't see him dropping catches. Mm. He's got hands like buckets. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, was, I was wondering was about those, last... those two drop catches we had last night. I was just wondering if the lights are a little bit lower or the lights... Because they're guys that don't drop catches. Yeah. And you look at the English as well. Um, was it Ali dropped the catch? I don't know. Who was it? It was yeah. one of the, And it was a real goober as well. And it's like, how the hell do you miss that? So there had to be something going on. But you knew that game just wasn't going to go right from the fourth ball. <laughs> when Bolt got that inside edge, normally would have just cannoned into the stumps and, you know, game over. But, oh, no, off the four, it's like, oh, dear, it's going to be one of those games. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Yeah, that is, yeah. and it was. <laughs> yeah, it was, unfortunate. It was close, though. I mean, there, there wasn't that much in it. No. But um, they were better on the night. But, um, yeah, you know, I, I, I'm not disheartened by it, not at all. But, no. yeah, I would like to get Bracewell in there if we can get him in the mix somewhere. Yeah, even even chucking him in against Ireland just to give him a game and just say, show us what you got. Um, yeah. And yep. may, maybe he can turn that game or have a good performance. They go, right, semi-final for you. Because I, I just think he offers something a little bit different. Yeah, same here. I, I like him. I really do. I like him in all, all aspects of the game. I mm. think he's very good. Mm. Yeah. All right, Gary. Thanks, buddy. All right, mate. Okay. Cheers, mate. Gary from Upper Hut there, 0800 Had a lot of texts of your 11s, which is really cool. But if you can, get to a phone and give us a yelp. I would uh, really appreciate that. Uh, just on Kane Williamson, um, his four turns at bat from last night, he got 40 off 40. Now, 40 runs is great. 40 balls to get them is not so much in T20. If he had have then got his next 40 off 20 and ended up with 80 off 60, now we're talking. Um, Previous game, 8 off 13 balls. Previous game, 23 off 23. Previous game, 3 off 12. In the match before the World Cup and the World Cup warm-up against Pakistan, he got 59 off 38. That's the sort of stuff... You want from a top-order batsman in T20. So at the World Cup so far, he's got 74 runs off 88 balls. I mean, um, he'll be as aware of this as anyone. Um, and I'm not saying drop him. He's still on my team. But he will be very aware that's probably not the run rate that's he would desire and that is is required to, to kick on. And I just always go back. Someone who knew more about cricket than me, a listener texted in and said, Kane's never had that more than a runnable scoring rate since that elbow injury because he's a high elbow, high elbow, I'm doing it in the studio now, a high elbow player and he just doesn't see, he's lost that shot and he's lost that confidence and that strength to be able to play his strong shots. And I thought that's a really good point, really, really good point. But your top 11, we're getting close to the T20 World Cup semi-finals. Interested in your top 11? Bit of love out there for Bracewell on the text machine as well. What's your desired one? And does Martin Guptill get back as well? Double eight double three. if you want to send us into the Temper Bed Post text machine. Or give us a yell. 0800 150 uh, Welcome back in. Uh, 0800 150 uh, No calls there at the moment. Uh, so I'm really keen to hear your, your first 11 as you see it at the moment. Uh, going into, hopefully a semi-final, and someone just threw that at me that if there's rain in Adelaide, we just get one point. I think we're all on five points at the moment, us, England and Australia. I think that's right, And but we've got a far superior run rate, so a full three win, uh, we're, we're sweet. Um, but if we got rained out and just moved to six and then Aussie and England win, I think I'm right in saying that. England haven't played all their games yet, have they, Sammy? I think they've got one to go. Yeah, I think we've all got one more to go. Um... But Australia's is very winnable. I think that is that Afghanistan. It's very slow to load here. 
Uh, let's have a little squiz. Let's have a little squiz. So we've got... India, we've got Bangladesh, Pakistan, South Africa. We've got Ireland. Aussie have Afghanistan and England have Sri Lanka. So either of those two lose, they're gone. So if we win, Australia win, and England win, we are all on... Uh, we'll all be on seven points because we've all had one no result, but it's just our run rate is far superior, far, far superior. Uh, so, yeah, I rained out one. We'd just go to six points. England win, they go to seven. Australia win, they go to seven. We go on six and we go home and prepare for India over here. The other table, little bit more clear cut. South Africa are through. You'd have to think they've played three, one, two. They've had a no result. India are on four points. Bangladesh are on four points. They've all got an extra game to go as well, though. So it's still up in the air as far as who the semi-finals are. But your top 11, please, team, uh, for the T20 World Cup semi-final, should we make it. Um, Liam's gone this way. Uh, Finn Allen, Martin Guptill to open. Then Conway. Then Phillips. Then Mitchell, Nisham, Satner, Sodi, Southey. Captain Ferguson Bolt. So no Kane Williamson for Liam. Uh, Staffy Williamson is playing like 10 or 15 years ago, 2020. It just doesn't work now. So therefore my team is Guptill, Allen, Conway, Phillips, Nisham, Mitchell, Santner, Mitchell, then Santner, Sodi, Southey, Ferguson, Bolt. So fairly clear themes here. Here's another one from... Ken, Ken the sportsman, sports knowledge man, uh, in order. Finn Allen, Devin Conway, Glenn Phillips three, Daryl Mitchell four, Martin Guptill five, then Nisham six, Santner, Sodi, Southie, Ferguson, Bolt. No Williamson. No Williamson. Here's another team. Staff, lock in this team. Lock in this team from Mark. Allen, Conway, Kane Williamson, so he keeps him at number three, then Phillips, then Mitchell, then Nisham, Braceful, <laughs> Vittori, <laughs> Southie Ferguson, Bolt, <laughs> Dan Vittori. Oh, we can never get rid of him. We can never, he'd, he'd still go, do you see how well Dan Vittori bowls in, when he comes out in those um, charity games like the Black Clash? He still bamboozles people and he still looks exactly the same. He still looks exactly the same as when he finished playing for New Zealand. He's just one of those born-to-play-cricket-forever type of guys. Daniel Vittori, love it. Staff, my 11 is Allen and Guptill to open, then Conway, then Phillips, put Williamson in at five. Then we have Nisham, then either of Bracewell or Chapman, and then Santner, Southie, Ferguson, Bolt. My reasons, if Mitchell isn't bowling, I'd swap him for Guptill's fielding, and I think he should open, or at least bat three. I think Bracewell or Chapman, I need to scroll this one. I think Bracewell or Chapman just add to the batting depth, cheers Shane. See, that's, that's good reasoning. If Mitchell isn't bowling, you swap him for a bat, because all he's doing, all Mitchell's doing is batting and fielding. And you'd have to say, if, if you've got a batsman fielder, Guptill, his fielding's incredible. Him and Phillips save multi-runs, multi-runs. But give us a call. Midday Matters carry on after the 12.30 news. 0800 150 811. Um, 
and also we are going to give you the Gwe television character Jamboree. I've left, we left one out. Gwe top of TV character Jamboree. That's what we've got. We're reopening it up. We're going to let you know what the two going head to head is straight after the news. Live from the SENZ studios in Auckland, this is the GWE Top of TV character, Jamboree. Oh, it's been too long, Sammy Hewitt. It's been too long. It has, Staff. Uh, just want to give the teams a little bit of a break, you know, a bit of rest and relaxation. Uh, can I ask you why you're standing up? Recharge the batteries is the oh, one okay. I wanted to throw in there um, for, for the teams. No, I'm standing up because um, a certain... Actually, let's talk about that after the after the poll, can we? Okay. Because I'm so it's invested really in weird this. seeing you standing up. But I know. Does anyway, it, how does it make you feel? I don't know. Just awkward. You could stand up as well. Should we all stand up? Kids are standing up. Get on your feet, Steph. I don't think Come my on. mic goes high enough. Hang on. How's that? Brilliant. Oh. This is how pumped up we are, people, for the Gwee Top of TV character Jamboree. It's a lead eight times, Steph. That's right. Eight teams to battle it out. Four spots remain. For them in the semi-final, should they make it through? Uh, Sam Hewitt, who have we got in the first matchup? I'll let you know, Steph. It is the number one seed, the tournament favourite. He's been breezing through each round untouched. But here's, I think, where he meets a challenge, Steph. Yes. Number one seed, Tony Soprano, going up against Blackadder in the Eastern Conference. Blackadder ranks seventh coming into this tournament. And uh, look, he surprised a few people with just how deep he's gone. Mm. Can he go one more? That's a big question we ask ourselves, Steph. So this is the character. This isn't the actor. It's not the show. It's the actual character of Tony Soprano and Blackadder. Correct. Greatest of all time. And, of course, Rowan Atkinson you know, appears in this twice, um, Mr. Bean and Blackadder. Uh, and speaking of Mr. Bean, in the West, the number two seed, Mr. Bean, taking oh. on the 12th seed and not a surprise for you, Mark Stafford, but certainly for the listeners and myself out there, David Brent. Oh, yes. Who has made the Elite Eight from the office. Uh, so him v. Mr. Bean, first round of the Western Conference. And uh, one of those one of those two from each side are going to go through to the semi-finals. Yeah. All the I've semis. Got say, all I've got to say to that is... David Brent, come on, champion. Yeah. Oh, the standing up's getting me down. Okay, so... What are the options? We've got uh, Soprano or Bean, and we've got Brent or... Oh, no, Bean. that's not Bean. That's Blackadder. Bean, Sorry. Brent. Uh, Bean, Brent. Or Soprano, Blackadder. So the characters. The mm. characters. Yeah. And that's the first bracket. That's the first bracket. We've got one more, which we'll do maybe around one thirty, Yeah. And uh, then we'll have our final four tomorrow and the big national championship on Friday... We will have one winner. It'll be crowned the Afternoons with Staffy Ultimate Gwee Topper TV character. Jeffrey. So I'll tell you what, you text them through on double eight double three. You text them through and get a head start because the real roundups in parts of the country, Afternoons with Staffy is in the country, let them know who you want to be leading because we will remind the people that rejoin us at one o'clock where, the, where they stand. So get them in the lead and influence them. Yeah. So double eight, double well, three. You can't vote, you can't complain, Steph. You know, that's that is the golden <laughs> mantra. You can't vote if you don't vote, you can't complain. Um Yeah, I'm I'm really interested to see actually how one of these in particular plays out. Same. Just just in terms of your mood for the rest of the day and the rest of the week. Um it, it could well change. The reason why I'm standing up. Oh yeah, is so why be- are you standing up? I've sat back down now. Is because um a certain 
producer yeah. on a certain six to nine breakfast show we shall not name either. Um, apparently walked into the booth this morning with a, with a tray full of coffees. Well, that's a red flag already. For the team? No liquid in the booth. Correct. But we all from time to time do cheat a little bit, we staff, do. but we're careful about it. Not this particular person, because they have spilt, and I'm, I'm guessing it's all four coffees, because <laughs> there is a massive pile of coffee, or, or um, pool, coffee of, stain. pool of coffee, on the producer booth floor that stinks like... And, you know, people get addicted to that coffee smell. It's not that smell. Oh, because it's, it's coffee and carpet combined. It, it smells like, just imagine someone's brewed up one of those little Nest, Nest Cafe. Pod things. Just, yeah. Pod things or, or even just instant. And they've just poured it onto your, carp, onto your carpet. That's exactly what's <laughs> happened. Now, um, we had people in here. So No, but here's the kicker staff. Said non-named producer. Didn't tell anyone about it. Oh, so it's just been allowed to soak. I don't know how Logan and Brian sat through it, but I'm not going to stand for it, no pun intended, because I am standing for it. You are standing for it. (laughs) (laughs) I am standing for it. We had the Bops team in here just, um, you know, the vanish, the the carpet cleaner that foams up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And look, that's obviously full foam. There's nowhere for me to park up a chair or anything, so that's why I'm on my feet and I'm sort of crouching in one corner. Um, I'll just wait for that to to dissipate. We'll clean it up and now, so send a very harshly worded email to that individual. So I'm just wondering because breakfast are doing something for Movember. They're doing um, ten press ups every ad break, and and said producer of Breakfast Show is partaking. In is the he partaking pre- in it? He is partaking. So I'm just wondering if that is coffee on the floor. Oh! <laughs> what do you think? It's sweat. Oh, I think or something else. A little vom or something. Oh, Jesus! With the with the exertion, and maybe he's poured the coffee on it to mask it. Perhaps, yes. Now we're getting somewhere. I mean, there's only one way he's done. He's dropped all four at once, and that's by literally dropping the whole tray. I don't know how you even do that, to be honest. But look, there'll be, there will be a strongly worded email, I imagine, um, a big warning. And thanks to that person, it's probably ruined the fun for everyone else now. Actually, Absolutely no vessels in this booth whatsoever. Actually, we've got his number. Yep. Let's get him on the show. Yeah, call him. Yeah. Call him. He's shaking his head. The rat in the kitchen. What am I going to do? All right. Um, votes coming in for the uh, Gwe Top of TV character Jamboree, so keep them coming in. Soprano versus... Soprano versus... I'm looking at Sam. I'm looking at you, Sam. Soprano versus... Uh, it's Soprano versus Blackadder. Blackadder or Bean versus Brent. Get those re- votes in, 8883. I reckon we just call him, put him straight on air, so Kez isn't even going to talk to him. We just put him straight onto the channel. Okay. See if it rings. So if you call him, oh, this is going to be good. Number, this could be dramatic. We're obviously revealing as well who, um, you know, who spilled who the coffee. Is. Do you think you'll be annoyed by this? I'm annoyed. You're it's annoyed. Pay, it's pay. Here it is. Here it is. Come on. Answer. Is he sleeping? He's probably sleeping. Is he listening? And he knows. Probably listening. And he knows it's us. Leave him a message. Okay. okay. Do we leave him a message? I will. Are you going to be from a cleaning company? Or? I'll, be from the, I'll be the Saatchi building Don't tell manager. me he's one of those guys that doesn't have an answer phone. Typical millennial. Okay, hang that up. That was potentially great radio. Well, we'll do it again. We need, we we'll just wait. keep ringing. Yeah. We'll just keep ringing. Or is he one of those people like never answers an unknown number? Because I'm pretty sure we come up as an unknown oh, number. Oh, we're a blocked number. I think so, yeah. Private number or something. We'll oh. try it again. 
All right. We'll get him. We're going to get him. We'll get him. We'll get him. Yeah, we'll get him. All right. Uh, in the meantime, you can call us because he won't answer our phone number. 0800 150 811. If you just joined, we're finding out from you our top 11 as we are going into the pointy end of the T20 Cricket World Cup. Lots of World Cups going on at the moment, but for the first hour, we're going to concentrate on the T20 Cricket World Cup. And of the ones that have been texted through and the ones that have been called through, there's a bit of a a bit of a desire to see Michael Bracewell play either against Ireland or into the semi if if when we make it and a few have left Kane Williamson out and the good thing is no one's bagged him you know he's fine fine cricketer but the current T20 type cricketer just less than a run of ball he's he's gone for at um at this T20 World Cup and is that enough is that enough when we've got uh, other strikers who who are not playing is it worth a risk putting Martin Gupp to win at three or opening him and dropping, dropping Conway to five, four or something like that? Anyway, you guys have watched as much of this as all of us. So text, uh, sorry, call us with your cricket team. Text us with your TV character polls as well. We'll take a break and hopefully we'll hear from you. .nz. Mark Stafford kicking back and talking sport all afternoon. It's Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Welcome back into the Afternoons with Staffy, brought to you in association with Gull. Uh, great savings every day. Pop by your local Gull, get some nice economical fuel for your car, motorbike, boat, truck, whatever it is you've got. Drive in, fuel up, pay for it, get out. It's as simple as that. And just a gentle reminder, November 4 is Gumboot Friday, a really important day for um, Mike King and, and the great work he does around uh, depression and suicide prevention. And um, it's a message that keeps being said, uh, but they do require funds. So it's it's a pretty simple thing. You just uh, text the word Gumboot to 469, and it's just a $3 donation, just $3, which would be, what would that be? A very small percentage of your phone bill each uh, each month. So get on your phone and text the word Gumboot to 469 for Gumboot Friday, November 4. A, a great cause, a great cause there. I've got some more teams have come through. Uh, this one, um, Finn Allen, Martin Guptill to open for me. Uh, Devin Conway, Phillips, Anuru Kitchen. Is he in the squad? Is he over there? Gosh, uh, Jimmy Neesham, Mitchell Sandner, Ish, Southie and Bolt. There's not a lot of pace there. Bolt and Southie, your bowlers are Bolt and Southie. Uh, I'll carry on, they've got an explainer there. Uh, Williamson is too slow, we need quick runs for a quick start and if that fails, Conway can rebuild the innings and play the Williamson role. I really like that Conway can play, he's a dual role player, he's such a wonderful player, such a wonderful asset for us. So your bowlers would be Bolt, Southie and then we've got Sodie Santner. So you're going to rely on Nisham, Kitchen and Phillips as well. It's not a strong bowling lineup that text, but hey, if you get 220 runs, um, why not? Why not? Uh, one more here. Hey, guys, this is Kyle's team. The batting order is Finn Allen, Martin Guptill, followed by Devin Conway, Glenn Phillips, Kane Williamson. Then Jimmy Nisham, then Mitch, uh, Michael Bracewell, then Mitch Santner, Ish Sodi, Tim Southey, Trent Bolt. So none of the express pace, Milne or um, Lockie for them. Kane Williamson can float in the order like England did with uh, David Milan last night. Daryl Mitchell hasn't fired and fielding is not great. Guptill was a far better batsman also. You can run three spinners and three seamers. Thoughts, lads. The thing is we, we have some good depth. We do have some, um, 
some good depth and some good options. So um, that's a good one. That's a good one. So ring us through 0800 150 811. But just now on the phone, we've got the winner of yesterday's sweepstake we had on the running of the 2022 Lexus Melbourne Cup and drawing the winning horse gold trip was Michelle and we've got her on the phone. G'day, Michelle. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How excited were you watching the race? I, I was that excited. I'm still excited. I can't believe it. Now, I think I remember when I talked to you very briefly, I talked to everyone for about 30 seconds, and I think I said to you it's got a dark blue top with sort of a silver horseshoe on it. So did you pick it in the running and see it storming home? No, I didn't. Oh, it wasn't until it hit the front and then it was like, oh, That's mine. I'm going. <laughs> Did you put a bet on it at all? Yes, I ran to the TAV and put five each way. Yes! <laughs> yes! I had to. So, it was the omen. Oh, so not only did you win over 100 bucks on your bet, you won a $200 voucher. Oh, you are just such a sweetheart, aren't you? Oh, look, so are you, Michelle. So are you. Now, whereabouts in the country are you? Foxton. Foxton, the fox town of New Zealand. Oh, Foxton Fizz, the windmill, (laughs) the whole lot. Yep, the whole lot. Oh, are you in Foxton or Foxton Beach? Um, and Foxton. Okay. Well, we're going to organise to get this voucher to you. Now, you either come up to Auckland and you can uh, – there's a number of venues you can use this $200 voucher, or as I suggested yesterday, if you can't get to Auckland, you can sneak it as a sneaky Christmas present for someone, a friend or a relation or something you've got up in Auckland. That would be awesome. Well, well done, Michelle. Thanks for listening. I'm so pleased that not only did you win the sweep, you won a little bit of cash as well. Um, that is fantastic. Hope you enjoyed your day. I did. Thank you very, very much for, for answering me. Awesome, Michelle. Thank you, mate. Bye. Bye-bye. Oh, Michelle from Foxton, just brilliant. Just brilliant. Got the gold trip in the sweepstake. I, I do remember because when it won, I, it took me back saying, blue top, silver silver horseshoe, and through it came and went Wooshka. And through it came and went Wooshka. I think quite a few people put, uh, tipped gold trip along with uh, Captain K in our booth there. He, he took it as well. Um, uh, I can't read that one because it says not for ear text, so I'll get to that shortly. Uh, since... Uh, since Bieber, I don't quite understand what that text means either. Anyway, I'll take a break. Well, I'll, I'll accumulate these text messages. Keep your votes coming in for the TV characters. And uh, there will be time for a call after the break. Give me your starting 11 for the Black Caps at the T20 World Cup back in a mo. Righto, Sammy, you, like me, watched a bit of the cricket last night. Uh, I think you made it all the way to the chequered flag last night with the cricket. I did, mate. Yep, late night and uh, and an early morning as well. So um, Thoughts, feelings, emotions? I actually thought we played pretty well. Like, I don't I don't think you'd look at that game, and, and maybe it's biased because we've been playing well early tournament, but I don't actually think we did too much wrong. I mean, obviously 180 is a, is a decent total to catch so maybe you could we could blame the, the fielding and that but I thought we went about the chase reasonably well I just think we were probably one wicket you know had had Glenn or had um you know like a Jimmy Neesham or one of them managed to stay around I mean 20 runs you know we might have been able to spread that over um the last three or four overs mm. so um I actually think it wasn't as 
not that anyone's saying that it's, you know, panic stations, but I don't think it was sort of as bad as it maybe is made out to be. I think we do sort of stick with what's working at the moment. And I think, yeah, we see how it goes against Ireland. And then do we know who are playing in the semi? Who we potentially are playing in the semi? No, I think it's still up in the air. Oh, okay. oh actually. Well, South Africa and is it Zimbabwe? Who's, who's second at the moment? Um, is it India? It is South Africa are clear in front in their group and then tied on four points is India and Bangladesh. And then a further point back to the Zimbabweans. Uh, Pakistan are only on two points off three games. Oh, they're not going through. The only the only thing as well I'd say to the, the as a counterpoint to the Kane Williamson stuff is, and maybe this you can debate whether this is or isn't the way that T Twenty should be played. But obviously wickets are important in T Twenties because not only are they dot balls, mm. but they are also momentum changes they are a new batsman coming in who has to get his eye in so that takes overs to get warmed up so wickets are very important so Kane's sort of the perfect guy and it worked with Glenn Phillips to basically hold an end down and as long as he is striking at 100 so if he's you know 40 or 40 as long as the other guy is able to go to town it mm. maybe it maybe it is a good way of working it but the problem is if he gets out you know wasting time then we're screwed mm. yep um got some more teams coming which I'll get to after one o'clock Someone's just put in their vote for Tony Soprano. And the reason is, they live in Island Bay and they know of the local godfather and I'm not keen on having a horse head in my bed. <laughs> the Island Bay Tony Soprano. All right, uh, we've got some news. The uh, IRT New Zealand Trotting Cup draw has been uh, completed. We'll bring you details of that after one o'clock as well. But for now, it's new sport and weather with Johnny Mack. that body, rock that body um, You're on Afternoons with Stappy here on SENZ, thanks to Gold for being with us every four hours every day of every week and that's where they are with you they fuel your missions all year round, go to gold.nz and register yourself and they'll flick you a text, that's what they do to me, they flick me a text when they've got super specials on and uh, that's when I go and top, top the puppy up and you can do that as well um, been some good stuff on the station so far today. Breakfast had Ricky Henry. He's the Kiwi Ferns coach. Uh, the Women's World Cup, Rugby League World Cup is on as well. Uh, and also on that theme on Mornings with Smithy, uh, Stephen McIver in the chair today there had the captain, Crystal Rotter. Uh, you would have seen her. She's usually part of the panel in uh, Warriors games. Very good rugby league brain on Crystal Rotter. Um, she was on Mornings and they also had Modi Moore on this morning as well, the Breakers coach. So you can catch up with all of the shows and all of the interviews. They're all there on the SENZ app or on Spotify or Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, that's where you can get all of the stuff that's been on, any shows and any big interviews you may have missed. They are all located there. Uh, Adam has sent me through his team for Ireland. This is the team for Ireland against Adelaide. <clears throat> Finn Allen, time to give Martin Guptill a go. Conway, Phillips, Mitchell, Nisham, Satna, Sodi. Southie, Ferguson, Bolt. And now they say that, that's very different to the one I said before, which was very light on bowling. This has got Bolt, Ferguson, Southie, Pace, Sodi, Satna, Spin, 
Have you named? It's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Ten. Oh no, it's eleven. And then you'd have to get uh, your other five, your other four overs out of a mixture of Nisham, Mitchell, Phillips can bowl a bit. Um, so you be, I'm very interested to see what they do with the island game, whether they go for a continuation, whether they go for rest, whether they go for a couple, you know, maybe try something out. Um, very good questions just come in, which I will look up. Uh, where do Australia and England play their last pool games? In fact, I can probably tell you that immediately because I am on that page at the moment. So Australia play Afghanistan at Adelaide. Oh, oh it's a double header with us. It's a double header with us on Friday. So uh, five o'clock New Zealand time, which is great. Uh, New Zealand Island. And nine o'clock Australian time for, uh, sorry, New Zealand time, Australia, Afghanistan. So they're both in Adelaide. And then on Saturday, England, and the weather's good. Um, Saturday is England, Sri Lanka. And that game is at the Sydney Cricket Ground. And so I'll tell you what the weather's doing in Sydney too, shall I? Um, that's the kind of bloke I am. So the Sydney on Saturday is the one I'm looking for. Fine. Good as gold. 21 degrees. Rain on Friday, but nothing Saturday, Sunday. So it looks like all three games will go will go ahead. Right, time to catch up with um, Olympic high jumper. He's been to world championships indoors. He's been everywhere. Uh, Commonwealth Games, Olympic Games. Hamish Kerr, um, the best male high jumper we've had. Um, but Athletics New Zealand are getting people engaged and showing people how easy it is to get more kids involved into athletics and why not do it this summer. So earlier today, I jumped into one of the recording booths and I had a chat to Hamish Kerr and here it is. S-E-N-Z. Now, Athletics New Zealand are launching a pretty cool program, I reckon. It's called Athletics for Everybody, and they mean everybody, but it's focused on youngsters um, because it's such a good sport to get involved in. So I thought I'd talk to one of our elite track and field athletes, Hamish Kerr. He's been on the show a number of times, pretty laconic, pretty laid back sort of character, uh, high jumping legend. Hamish Kerr joins us. G'day, Hamish. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Yeah, great. Um, this is cool, way. Eh? Like, I, I like that they're really going to concentrate and focus on some youngsters uh, to get involved in anything track and field. So I wanted to take you back as a very young Hamish Kerr and, and your first experience of athletics. Can you remember it? I can remember parts of it. It's, it's going, going back quite a few years now, um, which is a bit scary. But no, I think for me, I... I was really lucky. I went down to a club called Roskill South, which is in um, Mount Roskill in Auckland. And what we had was we had just this great bunch of people all my age who, you know, some of them were good at high jump, some of them were, were good at distance running, sprinting, throwing. But it was kind of just this culture of everyone just gave it a go um, and everyone supported each other through, through all that. So, you know, there was kind of like a couple of guys who were good at one thing and when that event was on, it was their time to shine, and then we sort of took a bit of a step back in, in certain events, and yeah, it was, it was just it was just good fun. Like I just remember going down on a on a Wednesday afternoon and, and just hanging out for a couple of hours and having a couple of sausages and a few lolly bags if we were lucky, and and yeah, just just kind of mucking around with my mates. So that was that was that was awesome. Yeah, and that's the cool thing to remember, I think, for kids is you're not you're not training for the Olympics or the Commonwealth Games or the World Indoors or any of that. You're just you're just being active with your mates, aren't you? Oh, 100%. And I think, I think one of the cool things as well, which sort of people don't realise, is athletics is great for almost any sport. So if you, you, know, if you wanted to get quicker for rugby um, or if you wanted to 
you know, if you were really interested in that winter sport and you needed something over the summer to keep going, the guys who do athletics and the guys who kind of go along, or, you know, guys and girls who do that stuff, they are the ones who actually increase physically so much better than the others. I mean, I remember in my age group alone, there was there was a bunch of guys who have, have gone on to play professional rugby and, and professional sports and other various bits and bobs. But then again, there's also a lot of people who just have a really good relationship with sport and, and still kind of do fun runs and, and marathons and stuff to this day just because they enjoy it. Were you always high jump? Like, did you, you, you come across the sort of character that you probably had a go at everything? Oh, I very much had a go at everything. Um, I, pretty safe to say I wasn't a shot putter. Um, I think my, my best was probably about four meters. Um, no, I really enjoyed distance running. So I kind of did 15s and 800 meters. Um, but as I sort of got older and a little bit lazier and I didn't really want to do that sort of training, I, um, uh, I gravitated towards the, the slightly easier event, uh, which is a little bit ironic because obviously now I train pretty much as hard as, as any other event does in, in their sport. But yeah, at that time I was just like, nah, I'm going to do the easier thing. <laughs> so how important, so, like young, I know young kids go along. I've got a mate with a uh, six-year-old who just loves going to athletics because he gets to throw things and jump over things and and he's high-fiving his little mates and stuff, and, and he just absolutely loves it. But I, I think as you get older, you, you gravitate towards something, and the thing you gravitate towards is probably the one you do the best. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I think so. I, I mean, for me, it certainly was. Um, I think that if I – I mean, I love the sport. I love athletics. So I think if, if I had been a good long jump or a good sprinter or a good distance runner, I think – even now, I'd probably be just as happy doing that. Um, but, yeah, like you said, high jump was my thing. And I think one thing to, to remember with athletics, which is also really great, is you don't have to be winning to be improving because there is such a performance element to it. I mean, my best memories of athletics are doing personal best. I remember every personal best I've done. I don't remember what place I came in those competitions, but I remember doing that best performance because it was it was cool you know it's, it's something you've never done before and then suddenly you break into new ground and the possibilities seem endless which is really really exciting yeah that's something I've, I've talked to a few of you track and field athletes and and I think the biggest example was Sam Tanner in the 1500 meters and exactly. he, and he was like sixth but he was so pumped because he did 331 and he just I just did 331 and <laughs> so, so it's all about self-improvement rather than winning medals isn't it Oh, 100%. I think, I think it's one of those things you realise you realize pretty quickly what's sustainable. Um, and that's as, as a child, but also as, a, as an elite athlete, it doesn't really change. I mean, the things that are sustainable are uh, focusing on yourself and focusing on what improvements you can make. So what to, to wrap it up, this athletics for everybody, what, what would be your key message, I guess, for parents who haven't really thought about athletics as... Um, not really a sport, but maybe an activity for their youngsters, boys and girls out there in New Zealand. I mean, the, the clubs are throwing their doors open. G- give us a couple of key messages as to why they should just go and give it a give it a crack. I reckon it's the best thing you ever do. I think that you learn so much more than just a, a sport. You learn what it is to improve, what it is to work hard about, um, and you know what it is to get better at something and, and really sort of reap, reap the rewards from that. Um, I'd also say go on Athletics New Zealand's website. There's a club finder, um, which you can go in and you can just check in your location and it will tell you your nearest athletic club. Um, but also the cool thing is, is there's, there's hundreds of them around the country and it's 
super easy to get involved and, and just get down. And look, if you don't like it, then that's all good. But I think it's one of those things that you will become a part of the community pretty quickly. And it, it is quite a cool community to be a part of because, you know, it's, it's just this real mixture of, of young people who are doing really well, but then also, you know, elite athletes. They often go down and help help out as well. And it's just, yeah, it's just one big community and it's, it's just awesome. And you just need a pair of shoes. That's it. You don't even need a pair of shoes most places. <laughs> just turn up in some clothes, shorts preferably, and, yeah, just get amongst it. Sounds awesome, Hamish. Hey, um, it's always good to have you on the show, mate. Um, just on you personally, what's next for you? What's the program look like in the near future? Um, everything's geared towards Paris now. So, it's, yeah, next year is going to be exciting. I've got um, I've got some pretty big goals for with some performances that I want to achieve. Um, and then, yeah, going into Paris, I'm, I'm really focused on trying to medal there. So, yeah, it's, it's hard work and, and it's, it's good fun, but it's keeping me out of trouble and, and I'm really happy doing it. Awesome, mate. Well, we'll catch up with you over the uh, domestic season, over the New Zealand summer. Um, so people get down and watch it, but more importantly, take your kids to an athletics. It's the same as she's just once or twice, and if it's not their gig, it's not their gig. But I think if you go down and have a crack, uh, they might get quite addicted, and it's a good thing to be addicted to in this day and age. Uh, exactly. Physical activity, eh? Hey? Run, jump, throw, give it a go. <laughs> awesome, Hamish. <laughs> Run, jump, throw. I like that. You could use that tag, mate. Hey, listen, awesome chatting. Hamish, we'll catch up again. Easy, mate. Thanks, Hamish. Hamish Kerr there, our uh, great high-jumping athlete, such a personable man too. And uh, we will be, as we did last summer, following the fortunes of our wonderful track and field athletes. And uh, in the next couple of weeks, we're going to have an in-depth chat uh, coming into the studio. Zoe Hobbs, our wonderful sprinter, she's going to come and join us one day in the studio over the next couple of weeks. We're just working on the logistics to make that happen. Uh, But we'll take a break, but don't go anywhere. We've got one of the best squash players in the world in the country at the moment and he's going to join the show Mohammed Al Shabagi for a long time played for Egypt he's just changed allegiances and he's now playing under the Great Britain flag we'll talk to him about his career and the upcoming tournament in Tauranga Mohammed Al Shabagi right after the break joined by Mohammed Al Shabagi who is uh, here for um, the Nations Cup it's the inaugural uh, inaugural Nations Cup there's 16 players uh, competing in the Nations Cup squash tournament, third to the sixth of November, and some of them are hanging around for the New Zealand Open, which is the eighth to the thirteenth of November. Um, the number two, uh, world number two, Commonwealth Games singles and mixed gold medal winner Paul Colt will be representing New Zealand, and Joelle King, who's currently the women's world number five, and also the Commonwealth mixed and women's double gold medalist, they'll be representing New Zealand. Um, Sarah Jane Perry, she was the one that beat uh, Joelle King for the bronze medal at the Commonwealth Games. Uh, she'll be here. We've got high-rated players from Belgium. Um, so the teams are New Zealand, England, Europe, Scotland, USA, Australia, Canada, and New Zealand wildcards. We've got uh, Luamba Chileshi and Caitlin Watts are the New Zealand wildcards that are getting involved there but it's the best of seven first to seven there's a power play involved uh, the whole lot so um, yeah looking forward to following the fortunes and you can watch it live on Squash TV um, that will be streaming live as well so some of the best squash players in the world um, gathering in New Zealand it's in that beautiful glass court in Tauranga 
And, um, yeah, it's great to have some of the world's best here. And joining us on the line now is Mohamed Al-Shabagi, wonderful squash player, has been for a long, long time. Mohamed, welcome into the show. Welcome to New Zealand. Uh, hi, how are you? Uh, thanks a lot for having me today. How many times have you been to New Zealand in your career? I've been only once, actually. We had the World Juniors in 2006 in Palmerston North. I was 15 years old. They took me as a young boy with the team for the future. I was there for only five, six days. Uh, I don't remember very well, to be honest, but I think, I mean, this time I've already been here for three, four days. Uh, Joel has taken me around a little bit, you know, in um, in Cambridge, and then went to Oakland yesterday, and we just got to the mound only last night, so it's good. She's been showing me around, and uh, yeah, I've been having an amazing experience so far. We're very good tour guides in our own country, Mohammed. Would you agree? Yes. <laughs> oh, she's been amazing. Oh, she's been amazing. <laughs> um, the, the amazing thing about you, Mohammed, and I wanted to talk to you about uh, the popularity and the strength of squash from your country in Egypt. There's always Egyptians up there, and people tell me, I mean, Paul Colwith, he's been on the station a lot, and he said it's the national sport uh, for Egypt. Were you born into squash over there? Because you were there till you were 15. Well, uh, I mean, the thing about it is that when you go to Egypt and you watch the under-11 <laughs> under kids event, there is 500 kids in the draw. <laughs> so you're going to have at least one or two out of all of them that will be unbelievably, unbelievably good, you know. Uh, I think because Quash has always been very successful back, back in Egypt, so they always had like a, uh, someone who was one of world champion or in world number one. They looked up to him and they wanted to be like them, you know, so they showed them the way a little bit. I was under that program uh, till I moved to England when I was 15, and uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, squash is very good. It's a very good time for Egypt right now, and uh, but I always believe in every sport. There's a country that rules it for a little bit, and then another country take over, and I think it's just a good time for Egypt right now. Yeah, it sure is. Now you joined the um, the PSA as a 15 year old. Uh, you became world number one at a very young age. I sort of worked it out at about 22 or 23. That, that's quite a young age to be the best in the world at a sport. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think I got to top 20 at 17, top 10 at 19, and as you said, world number one at 22. And I think, uh, I think I've always had belief I can do it. Uh, my parents did an amazing job to... Um, put people around me since I was 10 years old that uh, I mean since I was 10 years old I had coaches around me telling me I can be all number one so it, I mean I I, I, I it, that dream was a reality since I was a kid already before it even became a reality if you know what I mean mm. so um, so yeah so I, I mean I had a lot of success since I was very young and, but the most important thing is consistency and uh, I uh, I'm very proud that I've been inside the top five since I was 20 years old so I've been 11 years inside the top five consistently now but, I mean, there is a lot of great players. I've played against a lot of different generations. This current generation is a very, very strong generation, having Ali, having Paul, having uh, Diego, Asal. We are the top five right now. It's, uh, any of us can beat each other on the day. And, uh, yeah, I do hope uh, for Paul and myself to... Uh, I mean, there is a lot of great players in the tournament this week, but I think Paul and myself are the top two seeds, and I do think that the tournament would want us, in a way, to be... In the final together, I think this week, and I think I hope I do hope if we do, we uh, give a good match for the crowd, 
and uh, I know the best case scenario, of course, for him to beat me in the final. I don't understand that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and growing up in the squash world, Mohammed, um, you you would look up to the ones that are ahead of you, and you, you had a nice rivalry, or would I be more accurate in calling it a mentorship uh, with Rami Ashur? I mean, he he was he's a few years older than you. Did you really look up to him, and and then you started playing against him? Tell us about that relationship between you and he. Uh, I first of all looked up to Amr Shabana uh, because he was the first to win a world champion uh, chip in, uh, at Egyptian and uh, get to world number one. Um, Rami was four, is 40 years older than me, so the relationship, as much as I saw him being a world champion and being world number one, but for me, uh, yes, I did look up to him. In fact, I, all, I actually look up to all my rivals. I look up to Paul, I look up to Ali, I look up to Asal, I look up to Diego, because you, you learn something from each of your rivals. Mm. As much as you try to beat them, you have to look up to them, because each one of them has a story that's very inspiring, very different story, you know? Um, but Rami was a very unique character. Obviously, he's one of the greatest in the sport. We both had amazing matches together. I really miss him, to be honest. We do get along. With, I mean, we didn't get along maybe the best when we were rivals because it's very hard as rivals to get along sometimes. But right now, he, he advises me a lot whenever I call him for an advice, to be honest. And uh, he has been great to me. And uh, yeah, he, he really missed on tour. He's really missed on tour, definitely. You've risen to number one, I think, four times in your career. And you seem to be able to hold on to that number one ranking. Um, I was looking at, the, at your tenures at number one. One year, 14 months, 10 months, eight months. Once you get that number one ranking, d- does it, do you just get a little bit more urgent on trying to maintain that lofty, that lofty height? It's a, it's a, I think it's a momentum. So I think once you get to one number one, that means that you're playing better than everyone else. I, I think... Uh, it takes, it takes one week, one good week to be world champion, but it takes much more than that to be world number one. It takes, you have to be much, you have to do it the whole year. Uh, so uh, uh, I am proud that I was able to do it for 50 months, which is over 40 years in my career to have that number. Uh, but at the same time, um, I would like to come back again. Uh, that's why I went, to, I changed coaches and I started working with Gregory Gauthier uh, six, eight months ago. Uh, he has been helping me a lot. I think we, we we had a good start this season, winning two out of four events. But it's still a long, very, very long season ahead. Uh, and uh, let's see. I mean, I would like to get it another time in my career. But as I said, there is so many good players right now playing on tour. All of them hunting for the whole number one, not just myself. So that's what makes the sport very interesting. You were, you were world number one about a decade ago. So what's changed in the world of the squash in that last decade? Well, when I was 22, I had to play players who were eight, nine years older than me. Uh, I had to play against Gregory Gauthier, Nick Matthew, Rami, Amr Shabana. Very, at that time, Ali, Asal, Diego, Paul, these guys were not there yet, you know. Uh, and, then, and then right now, I'm 31 years old, and I'm playing players who are like, some, some of them are eight, nine years younger than me, like Asal, like Victor. Uh, obviously, Paul, Ali, we are all the same generation. We're all, I'm only one year older to these guys, so we're all almost the same generation. Uh, when you play players that are the same generation as you, it's, uh, it's very different to playing players that are eight years older than you, and it's also very different to playing players that are eight years younger than you. Mm. But also, my body at 31 is very different to my body at 22. Uh, I'm much more experienced now, but at the same time, I might not have the same speed uh, that I had at 22. Uh, but the mental side of the game is the most important part, and uh, it's very important to, as much as I was very hungry at 22, it's very important to stay as hungry at 31 too, and that's what I have right now, and let's see. 
what happens, you know. <laughs> yeah, we've got a proud history of squash here in New Zealand, harking back to the Stuart Davenport days, Dame Susan Devoy, and now we've got Paul Cole and uh, Joel King. You get to play Paul Cole uh, now and then. What does he present as his main challenge when you have to suit up against him and take him on on the squash court? Well, uh, if you asked me that question three, four years ago, uh, honestly, if you ask that question to Ali and myself, because Ali, Ali and myself are the two biggest rivals. We played so many finals against each other, and whenever we had Paul three, four years ago, it was it was not as much as a worry playing him at the time, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But right now, but uh, but right now, I mean, the improvement he has made in his game is very inspiring because, uh, you know, Ali and myself were were very good juniors. We came up through the juniors. We trans we had a good transition into seniors, um, but Paul. Like wasn't a very good junior, you know. So he had to work extra hard, you know, to to do that in his twenties, which is a very inspiring story. I think his story is much more inspiring, to be fair, to what we did, you know, uh, because we had people that showed us the way. He he had to travel overseas, be away from home, and do all the things that are very hard mentally to do. So, um, uh, but yeah, playing him right now, is, I mean, the worry playing him three four years ago was his physicality. Uh, that was the worry, um, but right now that he's improved his squash so much, he's had so much variety, variety in his game. I think when we both play against each other, we match up well. Our last three matches in the best of five, they all went to five games, uh, and the three of them could have gone either way. Uh, the ones I won, he could have won them. The ones he won, I could have won them. So, so uh, I, I really do hope that we get to play here. Uh, we could actually even play twice here. <laughs> you never know. Uh, once in the Nations Cup, once in the uh, in the Open, uh, if everything goes according to seedings, but it's still a, an early an early thing to say. But uh, I do hope uh, you know we haven't had a big event in New Zealand for for a very very long time, and I do hope that if we do meet, if we do meet, we'll give uh, another great match like the ones we had in the past. Well, Mohammed Al Shabagi, welcome to New Zealand. I do hope you enjoy it, and I wish you the very best in all of the squash you play, all the way to the final. And then we may not be wishing you quite so much luck, but I hope it's <laughs> I hope it's enjoyable. <laughs> No, no, thanks a lot, and thanks a lot for having me here. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Uh, one of the absolute uh, iconic players of squash in recent times. What a decade he's had, uh, Mohammed Al Shabagi. Born and raised in Egypt, uh, then transferred over to the UK at 15 years of age, and now he's 31. He's been 16 years in the UK, and he plays under the UK banner, and he will partner with Sarah Jane Perry, uh, forming the England team, and Paul Cole and Joel King, the top seeds, and Mohamed El Shabagi and Sarah Jane Perry will be the number two seeds. Fantastic, fantastic to have this calibre of squash player in New Zealand. We will take a break uh, for New Sport and Weather with Johnny Mack. Blue Highway with Paul Mawadi from the TAB the day after the day that was Paulie, what a day yesterday Melbourne Cup day, so cool It really is uh, it's even cooler for someone like Kez who picked Gold uh, Trip uh, and it was good for me too even though I didn't pick Gold Trip so you're, you're right, it's just a fantastic day where everyone can get involved, uh, there's a lot of hype about great atmosphere 
And um, I hope you made a dollar or two yourself as well, Steph. Oh, look, I snuck in with a little bit of loose change here and there. Just just <laughs> loose change, though, but not on the Melbourne Cup. I picked first and second, forgot to take a Cornella. How good's that? Uh, but I, I want to move away from the Melbourne Cup because you can't make money on the Melbourne Cup till next year. What you can make money on at the moment is Wales plus 12.5. My big question is, when's it going to 11.5? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, crikey, straight into it, Steph, I love it. Yes. As you say, the Wales, plus 12 and a half, at home, uh, in front of a packed stadium this weekend, when the All Blacks um, struggled to put the Japanese away just last week. Uh, yep, I'm, I'm with you. That looks value for mine, and I think um, you probably want to jump on maybe the All Blacks 1 to 12 at $2.80 as well. Um, but yeah, and we have had some backers of the Welsh plus twelve and a half. But to be fair, the All Blacks minus twelve and a half aren't friendless. So mm. we it's 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 not balanced, but there is action on the All Blacks minus twelve and a half. It's not one way traffic. Um, I can see that we took a. I'm oh, sorry, I'm moving on to the NBA because that's on right now. And of course, <laughs> Steve Nash is now no longer with the Brooklyn Nets, and they're currently playing the uh, what's a. Chicago, uh, I think they're playing the Bulls, aren't they? Yes, they are. Uh, yeah, uh, well, we had a $4,750 bet on over 52.5 points in the second quarter, and I can see that they've uh, scored 57 points so far. So there's a winner. Over 52.5 <laughs> points in the second quarter, paying $1.28, $4,750 on that. And we've also had a couple of bets on the Brooklyn Nets. I guess uh, these punters are thinking, change a coach, change a fortune. Um, 2000 on the Nets at $1.50 to win and 2000 on the Nets at $1.87 to win the game. And they're up 58-51 at half time. There we go. And very quickly, Rugby League World Cup, what stands out for you? Um, well, I'm looking at the overall market there to win the Rugby League, uh, Rugby League World Cup. And I can't believe that English is still $7.50 to win it outright. They're on the easier side of the draw. Yep, saloon passage. Um, they have what, they put 90 uh, points on, was it Greece, last weekend. They started off the tournament by um, smashing Samoa. Uh, they're at home. Uh, they're in their own conditions. They just look like huge value. England, seven fifty to win the Rugby League World Cup. That's... I'll have another little stab if they uh, don't move. Yeah, I, I might follow you in because there's no way they pay seven fifty when they make the final. There's no way. So uh, do the shopping now. Paulie, we've got a scoop. Thanks, buddy. Very good. Thanks, Steph. Cheers, mate. There he is, Paulie Mawadi from the TAB. And straight on the back of that, uh, the draw. The draw has been done for the New Zealand Cup, which is next Tuesday, the second Tuesday in November. And I'm very keen to hear about a particular horse that Sam and I have a big financial interest in, uh, punting-wise, not ownership-wise, Greg O'Connor from down that neck of the woods, the perfect man to talk to us about the barrier draw. G'day, Greg. Staffy, afternoon to you. Yes, just been conducted at Addington Raceway, the barrier draw for the 119th running of the IRT New Zealand Trotting Cup. And a cup, Staffy, that's as deep as I've seen, I reckon, in the 25 years that I've had something to do with Addington Raceway and probably eight to ten winning chances, which is not the norm. So the barrier draw, more crucial than ever. So, the two I want to ask you about first of all, and it's, I'm a little bit self-indulgent, we took Rock and Roll Do when it was paying double figures uh, some months ago, courtesy of Darren Williams giving me the heads up, and Self Assured I think is its biggest uh, threat. How did those two go in the draw? All right, 
got really interesting. Self-assured, the 2020 winner of the Cup has come up with Barrier 1. Oh, any sh- other race, any other race, Steffi, than the IRT New Zealand Cup, where they start in the back straight at the 800-metre mark, and then they have two laps of Addington Raceway to follow that. Barrier 1 has been a trap for young players. He's not a young player. He's won the Cup before, but... The horses out wide, where the track's more cambered, tend to get a quicker start than those down on the inside. Plus, if he has an Achilles heel, it is that he's not a quick beginner. Therefore, barrier one, not ideal for him. Because mm, he could get back on the fence and have to wait for a passing lane, but he could find himself with mid-race moves four or five back on the pegs, which isn't fantastic. So who were the winners in the barrier draw for you? All right, you did ask about rock and roll yes. too. Conversely, he's drawn the second row. So he's two on the second row and follows out Compatriot, which is Majestic Cruiser, who, of course, is having his first standing start. So even more intriguing that he's drawn in front of the other Australians. So um, I know Mick Stanley wasn't overly fussed where he drew, although drawing the second row behind a horse that's got no experience from a stand um, didn't please him overly. However... You can only be dealt the cards that you've got and deal with them, and, and I'm sure he will. The winners, you're asking me about the winners from the draw. Place yeah. in the cup twice, spank him, comes up with barrier five. Very good beginner, came to Addington Raceway this morning. I was lucky enough to be here and watch the All-Stars team work. His work was better than self-assured, and they also had South Coast Arden in that workout, so he's a big winner. Seven, which is a nice barrier draw for Pembroke Playboy. He'll step very quickly along with Spankham. We know that those horses that get on the markers when they're racing over the extreme distance and the speed they'll be going, Staffy, mm. if you can get in on the markers and conserve energy and, and cover as least ground as possible, that's a good spot to be. And the other big winner, a massive winner, the defending champion, copy that, comes up with barrier eight. Almost the perfect draw for the country's leading reinsman, Blair Orange, and his trainer, Ray Green, because copy that, he invariably steps fine. Last year, from a similar number, worked forward, got the lead, dominated from the top end. That's a distinct possibility once again, although this year's Cup certainly has more depth. Very excited. We're going to be doing a special all-day show for Cup Day next Tuesday. Greg, uh, no doubt we'll be in touch either before that or on the day. We really appreciate you coming off the short run at short notice and just getting us up to date with the barrier draw. Thanks, buddy. Enjoy the next week. No, any time. Certainly will, Steph. Uh, good luck to the punters. They've got a bit of working out to do with this Cup, I can promise you that. They sure have. They sure have. Greg O'Connor there, fresh off the press, is the barrier draw. We'll take a break. I've just had it sent through to me. I'll go through it uh, 1 through 16, and you can make up your own mind. Uh, you're on SENZ Afternoons with Staffy with Gulp, fueling your mission all year round. Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Welcome back in. I have the barrier draw here, and uh, very kindly, they've now put it in barrier draw order. So this is the draw. This is the draw for the big race next Tuesday, and we're going to have some fantastic programming for you there, people on the ground, people in the studio. (coughs) It's the 2022 IRT New Zealand Cup. Here is the draw. Barrier one, as Greg O'Connor just informed you, self-assured. Barrier one, not Great at getting away, so I might get caught down there. It's going to have to be doing a lot of practice with its standing starts. Then the Aussie visitor, Majestic Cruiser, has drawn two. Barrier three, Akuta. Barrier four, Krug. Barrier five, Spankham. Barrier six, he's a sport. 
Uh, Pembroke Playboy uh, is barrier seven. Copy that is eight. Old Town Road is nine. Now, I think they have nine off the front row. I think they have nine. It might be eight. Uh, Kango, in fact, I'll tell you. Oh, they have 11 off the front. There you go. Copy that, eight. Old Town Road, nine. Kango, 10. Smithy's Terra, 11. The Falcon, 12. Uh, there's two on the Unruly, South Coast Arden and Cranbourne uh, on the Unruly. So second line, uh, drawn one, is Smithy's Terra. Sorry. Um, the Falcon, Rock and Roll Do, Steal the Show, BD Joe, Alter Wise Guy. What a field that is. What an absolute field that is. Rock and Roll Do, go you Aussie good thing. I think we're going to give you a little gentle reminder that the voting is nearly finished, but there's time to get... No, this is results time, is it, Sammy? It's results time! Live from the SENZ studios in Auckland, this is the Wee Top of TV character Jamboree. First time ever in the world this competition has been run, looking for the world's favourite TV character of all time. We've had big approaches from uh, the Golden Globes, the Emmys, um, the Oscars even. Yeah. You know, not not that we're talking about films, but they just want a part of it, Steph. They, they, they want to slice the pie. Yeah, because they need to freshen up their brand. They're like, favourite TV character? There's an idea. So yeah. we have got the patents in place. And apparently they said, uh, Ricky Gervais, do you want to host this year? And he said, I can't. Why don't you ask my good mate Mark Stafford down in New Zealand? He's got my email. I've I have got his email. I know. I've I told know the email cup story. Of tea. Yeah, cup of tea. You have a cup of tea with him one yeah, day. Ne- so next time you're in England, give us yeah, a email. Yeah. So uh, right to the Eastern Conference, we have the number one seed Tony Soprano going up against Blackout of the number seven seed. The results are in, Staff. Let's go sideline to Captain K. Captain. Guys, thanks so much for having me once again. It's a pleasure to be back. Of uh, look, boys, I've missed the action over the last few days. It's something that's been uh, on the top of my mind. Can I just say, Kez is in the studio with the sunglasses. With the sunglasses on. On. But those to me are Melbourne Cup winning hungover sunglasses. sunglasses. Yeah, that's, that's exactly it. That's, that's exactly right it. Yeah, my, uh, my pockets are heavy. Uh, I'm weighing myself down. Boys, I can tell you now, matchup number one, Soprano Blackadder. Soprano rested a few stars today, but it does not matter because he has come in. 64% of the votes went his way, which means he's moving up. He's bruising. He's breezing through, isn't he, Steph? Soprano. Absolutely breezing through. And in the uh, Western Conference, Mr. Bean going up against the officers, David Brent, Mark Stafford. Cross your fingers, cross your toes. Everything's Captain crossed. K, what do we got? I'm going to keep the short and sweet because I'm actually scared for my job here. I can tell you that David Brent has 48% of the votes which means oh, Mr. Bean wow. has come in and Recount. swept the win. Yep, um, uh, I did a few live number crunches here and I can confirm corruption. Brent is gone. So We're for all bladder. you people out there that We're say these bladder. competitions are rigged by me that is an outrage. Yep, we're set, Blatter. Follow the money, Steph. Follow the money trail. Somewhere along the line. Oh. Hey, the good news, Steph, is that you can bounce right back with two more matchups. Tell me. The last two, and then we will have our final four. So, in the Eastern Conference, Basil Fawlty, the number three seed, is taking on Mr. T. The number nine seed. And in that the was West- Mr. T, for those of you who couldn't. Oh, yeah. uh, was it? I don't know. And in the Western Conference, Al Bundy. Brother of Ted, no, he's not. He's number four seed. He's going up against Billy T, the number six. That is a very, oh. very close matchup, Steph. So Al Bundy v Billy T. So there you go. Faulty or Mr. T or Basil or Mr. T. And then Al Bundy and Billy T. Imagine a Mr. T, Billy T 
crossover. I can't have that. Okay. I can't have Basil Fawlty losing. Okay, well, there you go. <coughs> Basil, so you're on the Basil Fawlty bandwagon now that David Brent's out. So double eight, double three, we want Basil or... Mr. T. Mr. T. Basil or Mr. T. And then the next one is L, as in Al Bundy, or Billy T, as in Billy T. Get those text votes through. It was close, David Brent, just coming up short, just coming up short. And after this one, uh, we'll be down to the top four semi-finalists. Semi-finalists, and that'll be tomorrow. Much like uh, a mystery, David Brent just needed an extra 20 metres, and he would have got it, Mm. you know? Another another minute, another five minutes of voting, staff, and he might have got there. Shame on you, David. I can't. I'm not looking forward to the FaceTime with Ricky tonight to give him the news. Anyway, we'll take a break and we'll be back shortly. Um, some questions about the cricket staffy. If Australia or England need to win by runs, does that mean they need to bat first, or is there a certain amount of wickets by a certain over scenario as well? Yes, both. So if they they both need hidings, they both need hidings. And in fact, someone has done the working out for us. Chris says if we win by one run, that means Australia need to beat Afghanistan by 152 runs, and England need to win by 90 to pass our run rate. Chris Champion. Our champion statistician. Thank you, Chris. Um, uh, from Reed, I was one of the five people lucky enough to win one of the rounds of the SENZ Survivor, putting me in the draw to win a table of 10 for Cup Day. Do you know when that gets drawn? I got drawn last week, champion, and we had the winner on the show. So, sorry, Reed, you got to the final five, much like David Brent, but you didn't make the final cut. I, from memory, I think the guy's name was Logan that won it. I stand corrected on that, but he has won the table for 10 at the Cup, but uh, good effort winning one of the rounds, Reid. Congratulations to you. We're going to have a look at the NBA after 2 o'clock as well with Captain K who's all over it, uh, amongst other things, amongst other things. Uh, keep your votes coming in for the GWE. Why not? Wonderful infrastructure, there's good privacy and the recreation is right at your back door. Ben Turner and Peter Foley of Bailey's Christchurch would love to go and show you around this Cheviot property. It is just under 1,500 hectares, uh, 9Ks of frontage on the Huranui River. That's the babbling brook, the Huranui River. If I got this place, I'd change the name of my house to the Huranui Lodge. It sounds good. Uh, Look, it's got good, healthy stock country. It underpins its easy care, low-cost farming operation. It's got uh, subdivision uh, potential. It's divided into 63 blocks. It's got great track access. It has a mix of reticulated water on the lower blocks and paddocks. It's got a good access. It provides ease of management. for You can have sheep or cattle on there. And these guys tell me it's one of the best examples of low-maintenance sheep yards, including covered yards, three-stand raised board wool shed. These brand-new cattle yards, which uh, keeps the whole operation simple. Um... A couple could manage this property with the use of casual labour when you need it, just time to time. It's a well-maintained homestead, beautiful setting. It's currently used as the manager's residence, and there's also a second permanent material home, uh, which gives the option. You could probably use that as a bit of a tourism a tourism venture as well. Now, you know what I do? Every week, I scoot through the photos to find the kitchen. Because if you're going to live in the country... You want a country kitchen. There's 45 photos for me to get through, and I am loving all of them. 
scooting through. Uh, if you want to have a look, it is Bailey's, B-A-Y-L-E-Y-S, .co.nz. The property number you want is double five one nine four double five. Double five one nine four double five. There's the There's the kitchen. What did I tell you? It's got the little island bay bench top in the middle, big fridge, stove, overhead, cupboards, deluxe, wooden floor. <sighs> Why wouldn't you? Ben Turner and Peter Foley. Get in touch with them out of the Christchurch branch. Go and have a little bow peep at this property in Cheviot. It's an absolute winner. Yeah, there's floor-to-ceiling glass right around, so you capture all-day sun. There's a nice outdoor living area. And the secondary house is good too. Uh, it's got a double garage line next to that as well. And looking inside, that's all been done. So there's nothing to do except I want it. I live in Cheviot. Boom, shakalaka. Bailey's Property of the Week. Great to bring you that each week. I thought we could have a quick chat, actually, with uh, Captain Kate. He is a massive NBA fan. And Captain Kate, a lot's been going on um, in the world of NBA Seven games in, or was it nine games in? Something like that. And Sean Mark said, enough. Gone, head coach. Give me the crack. What's going on? Yeah, so look, Seth, I like to say that I'm across the NBA at all times, but I think this year, and especially last year, moving forward into this season, there's so much to keep up on that I'm, I'm finding myself chasing my tail. A lot tail of goings on. A lot of the time. Yeah, there's plenty of goings on, uh, our favourite saying. But yeah, seven games in, the Nets currently found themselves two and five, so two wins, five losses, and they decided to part ways with head coach Steve Nash. Now, he's a bit of an icon in, in the game at NBA. Oh, he's the greatest Canadian basketball player ever. Mm. You know? I remember that flow, like out the bit here, the long hair out the back, sort yep. of almost like a mullet type thing. And, uh, so, so relatable for a like a young white boy trying to play basketball as a kid staff, you know. Steve Nash was the guy. Mm. That you, you had sort the of Nash did. here for a bit. I, there, did, I did actually have the Nash here for a bit. Yeah, you rocked and it. Didn't, didn't he, too late. Didn't he align himself with one of the women young tennis players in a mentorship role? He was at the U.S. Open oh. in, in her box. I do remember him being at the U.S. Open. Yeah, yeah. and I'm just trying to think. It wasn't Emma Raducanu, but Osaka. Uh, oh no, it was. Um, it was. Um, Oh, not Chandler Rubin. Um, Coco Goff. Yeah. Coco right. Goff. Yeah. That's who it was. Yeah. yeah. No, he's done a lot for sport. He does that with a Canadian football team as well. He's a stunning footballer, so maybe we'll see him take charge of an EPL team in the coming <laughs> weeks. But um, yeah, Bro- Brooklyn is in a bit of a weird spot right now, obviously. When Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving were announced to be going to Brooklyn, everyone thought that obviously they're going to be in the news for all the right reasons. But bringing in James Harden, there was their third All-Star. They were guaranteed a championship, got knocked out uh, first round of the playoffs. Uh, Moving forward, James Harden leaves in a scandal involving some elusive clubs. Uh, And then bringing in Ben Simmons, who we all know, if you follow the NBA, has been in the the wrong side of the news for a long time, practically not playing in two years. So that was what was going on there. But Sammy, and me and Sammy were talking about this a little bit just before we came out. It's uh, If if you're tuning into this Bulls, uh, Chicago Bulls, Brooklyn Nets game right now, Kyrie Irving isn't playing. And he's he's sitting on the sideline for a very, very uh, strange reason. And Kyrie's been... Uh, not uh, he's voiced his personal issues quite a lot over the last two years, but uh, Sammy, you can probably speak on this a little bit better than me. He's in, uh, like I keep saying, the news for the wrong reason once again. Oh yeah, he. Um, well, you know, he's a flat earther staff. Is he? Well, I think 
so, there yeah, was something no, recently yeah. that maybe he's back but he definitely came out as a flat earther obviously an anti-vaxxer because he that's why he missed most of last season or the home games at least because of the New York state laws but see recently he's just posted I don't know if it's on his Instagram or something but yeah. it was a link to a, a film that is a hot very anti-Semitic film mm. um, and you know promotes very very dangerous anti-Semitic views and I think he's even refused to like apologize for it. So, you know, everyone has come out on this stuff, like Shaq and Chuck on, um, is it TNT? TNT? They came out saying, this guy is an idiot and it's gone too far. We need to, he needs to be distanced from the NBA. I think the crowd are wearing some sort of um, anti Kyrie shirts, something mm. like that. And then Kez has just mentioned he, he's sitting on the bench. I don't know if he is getting any game time at all, Kez. But no, see, not this, so this is my question, Steph, is. Is Steve Nash actually a bad coach, or has he just got a bunch of absolute fruitcakes in this Brooklyn Nets team when you look at Kyrie Irving, Ben Simmons, James Harden? Like, how can any coach succeed? And the thing, the thing is now, he's been with that team for a while, and you could be the best coach in the world, but if you're not get, They are fantastic players, and he's not getting the best out of them. And it's probably not his fault. Mm. So it's just like, let's bring in someone else who has no history with them and says, right, I'm the boss, and hopefully they will respond to that because it's happened in a number of sports, you know, that you need fresh ideas and a fresh coach. And maybe... Yeah, yeah, there's a certain team at the moment. There's a certain team at the moment that you just need fresh ideas. And it's just like, I got reading between the lines... Sean Marks rates him as a coach, but he's not the coach for now. Yeah, that's fair. Mm. Do you think then, Staff, because the the news that came out almost 20 minutes after Steve Nash got the sack was that the front runner for the new coach was Ime Adoka. And you, might, you might remember guy. that name, Staff. Mm. He's been suspended for the season yes. for being naughty with the Boston Celtics. So we're talking about a team, the Brooklyn Nets, who have been in the news for all the wrong reasons over the past three years. They fire Steve Nash, who's the people's coach. You know, everyone loves Steve Nash. He's, he's a baller. He's a footballer. He does all these things for the community. Everyone loves Steve Nash. He goes out. M.A. Adoka is the front runner now to take charge of the Brooklyn Nets. Is that just putting fire on fire, in your opinion, Steph? Or yeah, look, that's putting stale cheese on stale bread and expecting a good sandwich, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's what that is. <laughs> oh, you, you start, I started getting hungry there talking about cheese and bread, and you gave me that analogy. Well, I mean, the NBA is so interesting to me. I I moved away from it. Steph, I used to be a massive NBA fan as a kid going through high school. I sort of moved away from it when I came back from America because I felt like the egos became way more important than the actual basketball. Mm. And I started to come back a little bit over the last two or three years thinking that the old guard is moving and and the young guard's coming through. But it's a very ego-driven sport, isn't it? Like Kevin Durant, we had that a couple of weeks ago where he said if if either Sean Marks goes and Steve Nash or I go, and then you get LeBron who basically builds the team himself. LeBron started it. Yeah, well, he did. And, he and did. I remember when he was at, um, when he went back to the Cavs, was it um, Ty Lu? What's the guy's name? Yeah, um, so, yeah Tyron Lu. Ty- Tyron Lu. And, like, LeBron was coaching the team. Like, he was in the huddle, and Tyron Lu was, like, sitting on the sideline at times. Like, he basically took control of the whole thing. So it's such a unique sport, you know, where the players have so much power. 
didn't we 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 had someone on about this, didn't we? About how much play, power the players have in the NBA. Yes, so much. Probably the most, arguably the most in the world. Yeah, I would say. because if you're coaching LeBron, the first thing you got to do is keep LeBron happy. <laughs> totally. Whereas in other sports, if you're in a team and you got to you got to keep the coach happy. Yeah, it's a huge power shift, isn't mm. it? And and this is the thing when you got these over hundred million dollar contracts with these players, you and they're great players. You have got to do everything for them. And you just imagine LeBron sidling up to the coach, going, "Man, I don't like playing there. I, I don't want to play. You know, power forward. I, I want to play half a game at guard. You know, I want to do. Okay, LeBron. Have you ever thought about in any sport how what sort of coach you'll be like? I, I hypothesize about this all the time. If I was a football coach, what would I be like? If I was a rugby coach, what would I like? Would you be the guy who, you know, is really strong, hard nosed, like Greg Popovich? Everyone knows that you just don't mess with him and it's his way of the high. Or are you that sort of real down to earth man manager? You're almost friends with the players. And I always come back to the same point is I don't think it matters what you are in today's day and age, you're not gonna get it you're not gonna get hundred percent out of every single player. No. Because there'll be players who want you to be the dick, not a friend, and then there'll be the guys who think you're way too harsh and you don't know what you're talking about or what you know what I mean. Like it just seems like today, mm. very few coaches do we put in that bracket of like, man, they are just so well respected, so loved, best coach in the world. Like who would you put up there as the greatest coaches? Of right, all? right now, no, right now, the, in the present day, who are some of the greatest coaches in the world? Andy Farrell, uh, Craig Bellamy. Um, yeah, Bellamy's a really interesting one. Yeah. He's managed to do the the sort of dickhead card without losing guys who don't respond to that. And it's interesting. I've heard from Melbourne Storm guy. Like we've heard, um, admittedly, post career, uh, Cam Smith, Cooper Cronk, both talk about Craig Bellamy. He's a great bloke. But when you walk in, and it's it's like the clock starts with him at nine o'clock in the morning. So you can come in, you have breakfast, have your protein shake, hey, blah blah blah. blah. Nine o'clock hits. He's the boss. And he's the boss until four o'clock. And he's like, "Have a great week. How's the family?" Blah, blah, blah. And he's 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 a bit of a chameleon, mm. but it works. Yeah. Because and you see another lot of successful programs have good cop bad cop in their coaching structures. And I think in the All Blacks coach, the closest we could get is Ian Foster's good cop and Joe Smith's bad cop. We've heard he's a bit tyrannical, Joe mm. Smith. Yeah. Um, people won't come out and say that, but past uh, Irish players who played under Joe Smith said. He was the boss, he was the disciplinarian, and he was the insister, and Annie Farrell was the strategic brains, and come on, mate, blah, blah, blah. Uh, if I was a coach, I'm a sit-beside guy. I'm a like, I know what it all will take for you, and I think this isn't just sport, I think this is in life. When someone comes to you, you can sort of see what the path they need to take to achieve what they want to achieve. No use me telling them, but I'll lead you to you telling yourself. Mm. You know, so just say, if, if your defence is crap, Sam, I'll sit, day, sit down and I'll say, Sam, where do you think you are in your defensive play? And you just go, well, what could you do to make that better? Well, I think I could, you know, hit rucks a bit harder. But harder or earlier? What, which way do you think? And and so I will lead you to the solution I want. All right, so I'm an NBA player. Um, Sam, what do you think of defensively? I'm the best defensive player in the league. What about Scotty Pippen? Is I'm pe- better than him. Are you? Scotty's old news. I'm better than him. Well, Scotty averages 14 rebounds a game. You're averaging 11. Should we set 14 as a goal for you? Put me one-on-one with him. Put me one. <laughs> you know, this is what it's like, though, because, I mean, you're, you're bang on, Steph, but I just feel like, man, it must be eggshells now. And so even Craig Bellamy, I feel like he recruits players that he knows is going to respond to that. Like, every Melbourne Storm player is is pretty much the same player, right? 
Brandon Smith, Cam Munster, the Bromwich boys, when Addo Carr was there, that they've all got the same personality type, ruthlessly hard workers who, you know, when they act up, they know about it and they and they front up to it. Whereas I bet there's a lot of NRL players who can't ha- who couldn't handle Craig Bellamy and he wouldn't want them as a result. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, and see, someone's texting here, Jurgen Klopp. And I was thinking Jurgen Klopp as well. And I think on paper he's a great coach. But see, now at Liverpool, you you had with Mane and um, Salah. And even with Salah now, like these guys are getting to that superstar status. And now is Jurgen losing his shine because he's now having to deal with egos as opposed to a team he's put together five years ago. Mm. It's um, Cause it I was thinking fascinates about, me, eh? So thinking about like... Um, the mighty Vodafone Warriors, and they've got Andrew Webster walking into camp. So you imagine the first day that all of the Warriors are all officially back in camp and Andrew Webster walks in, mm. the first 10 seconds. Now imagine the mighty Vodafone Warriors, first Sorry, day in, One New one, Zealand Warriors. One New Zealand. Uh, the one New Zealand Warriors <laughs> assemble on day one and new coach Craig Bellamy walks in. In that 10 seconds, your season's different mm. because... And that's that's not so much about Craig Bellamy, the person now. It's Craig Bellamy historically in walks the, the man. So it's about crafting that legacy, and we've seen it with Phil Jackson. Uh, we Phil saw Jackson, it, yeah. It, we've seen it with guys like that. They they earned the respect. It's not like they don't demand respect. Mm. They've earned the respect. And the other one was um, Pat Riley as well yep. as another yes. one. Some of these iconic coaches. Um, they have the resume trailing out their back pocket along the floor for 100 metres. And you walk into these players and they go, holy shit, that's Pat Riley. Oh, my God, that's Phil Jackson. Yeah, oh, my God, that. that's Craig Bellamy. You know, yeah. the whole framework of New Zealand Rugby League would change if Craig Bellamy or Wayne Bennett, someone of that, probably Trent Robinson now as well, yeah. were hitting the one Warriors. I've, I've literally, for the last 10 years, like since 2011, I've always said to people when they've gone on about players, they've gone about coaches, they've gone about culture, I've always said to my friends, you can't tell me that if we pulled Craig Bellamy into the Warriors right now, the Warriors wouldn't start turning a corner mm. and, and make top eight. Like you can't, like that is one change that I can look at and go, 100% that would happen. So I think that's pretty telling. And you talk about um, Phil Jackson, 11 rings, if you can read that. One of the best sports books I've ever read, Phil Jackson, and you get a real sense of how special he was dealing with the biggest names in sport, Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, then he went to the Lakers, Shaquille and Kobe. And after seeing the last dance, you realise Scotty and Michael didn't get along like a house on fire. Shaq and Kobe hated each other when he first got there. And look what he did with both teams, you know, back to three, back-to-back three wings with Chicago's and then nearly did it with the Lakers. So, yeah, there are some special ones out there, Steph, but I think in the modern age... It's going to be tougher and tougher, isn't it? Mm. With these egos and just how precious Aaron is. Now, I think I've just seen that you've seen that. Why don't we finish on that for a nice little lighthearted take <laughs> us to the break? <laughs> you know who's text in, team. It's the man that brightens my mood once or twice a show. It's Rory. And uh, we're talking about coaches leaving, that sort of thing. Uh, he said, my friend likes to say, when one door closes, another door opens. And he's a great friend, but he's a terrible cabinet maker. Thank you, Rory. We'll take a break and we'll find out what's making news after that. Gentlemen, I've I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. What's making news around the world? 
Oh, look, I particularly enjoy this is uh, because when I can sit back for five minutes and be the audience, I do no prep for this. Sammy? Um, this might be the first time we've actually done this leading into actual news, which is... You're always a bit twitchy. Well, does it undermine the actual news or does it trump the actual news? You know what I mean? No, it's, it doesn't uh, trump Johnny Max. Well, no in that case, it. then, you know, am I trying to undermine it? And, uh, <laughs> in which case, uh, yeah, it makes me very nervous. Um, let's start in what... Wales. Wales. Given, you know, we're there this weekend, aren't we? Yes, we are. Um, well, a story just uh, came across my radar of uh, the Gwent, the Gwent police. Mm-hmm. It's pronounced Gwent, isn't it? Not, not Gwen or something. It's Gwent. G-W-E-N-T. Yeah. Gwent. Gwent. Um, because it's been revealed after someone, this is the bit I love, someone filed an official information act request. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, the public can, you know, ask for information relating to government stuff. And uh, I found out that uh, the Welsh, the Gwent police force has spent £40,000 on crime fighting tuk-tuks. <laughs> <laughs> you know... <laughs> <laughs> like, isn't that? I don't know Wales really well, but it sounds like the most Welsh thing to me that they got police, you know, wrapped tuk tuks. Mm. Is it tuk tuk or tuk 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 tuk? Um, yeah, they're like you know what they are. They're those little buggy things, sometimes three wheels. They're going to be driven by uh, officers and council ambassadors, apparently. Well, wow. even the local council's going to get get amongst it. Um, they're going to provide safe spaces where people could seek help. Each of the electric tuk tuks costs about ten thousand uh, pounds. There's four of them, so forty thousand uh, money well spent by the Gwent police staff. On your Gwent, police? I think so. Now I've been avoiding this story for a few days now, but I just can't get away from it. Um, we've got to talk about the elephant in the room, and it's Elon Musk. Buying Twitter? He bought Twitter, um, but the blue tick saga. Mm-hmm. Right, so Elon Musk, for those people out there, if you're on Twitter, uh, you can get yourself a blue tick, or you used to be able to get yourself a blue tick, which basically told everyone that you're really famous and... You are who you say you are. Yeah, but it was more an ego boost, wasn't it, for yeah. people? Yeah. Um, and there was a lot of people on there, I don't know how they got it, they got like 200 followers and they somehow got a blue tick. Well, Elon Musk has said... That shall happen no more, people, because I'm going to start charging you to pay for your blue tick. We're going to weed out the people who need it, the people who don't, and we're going to start charging you for your blue tick. Um, someone, or a lot of people have already come out um, vehemently against it. Uh, Stephen King was one of them, mm-hmm. yeah, the, the famous author. He's very against it. So anyway, Elon tweeted, and this is what he said, power to the people. Blue tick, $8 a month. Price adjusted for country proportionate to purchasing power parity. No idea what that means, but... Small country, small fee. You will get, as a result of your $8 blue tick membership, Mark Stafford, priority in replies, mentions, and the search engine, which is essentially designed to get rid of spam. Mm. You'll appear more at the top. The ability to post longer video and audio, if you want to do that. Half as many ads, thank goodness. And uh, a paywall bypass for publishers that are willing to work with Twitter. Into mm. here, get amongst it. Um, so there you go. Eight bucks a month, would you do it? No. But then my argument is, so that does that mean anyone can pay for a blue tick now? Yeah, so, so there are going to be blue ticks everywhere. Blue ticks everywhere. I'm not going to lie, Steph, I secretly did want a blue tick a while back. How many followers you got? Not enough. How many? <laughs> uh, sub 1,000. Okay. Sub four figures. Uh, no one follows me. And uh, if they do, they're heavily disappointed. <laughs> and finally, uh, did you watch Don't Look Up, the movie on Netflix that had... Um, was it Brad Pitt? No. 
No, you guys didn't watch it about no. the end of the, the asteroid coming to destroy no. Earth, and they're trying to convince everyone, no, and no one believes well, them. This is one where he landed on. Oh, this, this you should watch. Don't look up. It's very, very funny. It's okay. a comedic take, basically, on the modern culture. Well, a little bit scary because astronomers um, have just discovered that there are three potentially Earth-killing asteroids uh, that were previously blocked by the sun. They couldn't see them, and they've now seen them. They've gone, oh crap. That's not good, mm. but it's one of those classic stories, staff. Where you know they're going to clo- they're going to pass very close to Earth. Yes, ten million kilometers or something. Yeah, you know, know, very close. But anyway, just keeping that on your radar, so that if you are nervous about the end of the world, you can say I told you so. All right, thank you. Do you want a fact before we get to news? Florida man claims he was driving a car with two missing tires because of a curse. It was paranormal activity. That's my news of the day. Did that just come up? Yeah, just now. I've got a real quick fact. Did you know that it's possible for kidney stones to be dislodged from sitting on a roller coaster? (laughs) There you go. What is that, the old wives tale? There's a hack for you. There's a little kitchen. Oh, no, was it home hack? And here's the real news with Common Sense from John McNeil. Live from the SENZ studios in Auckland, this is the GWEE Top of TV character, Jamboree. I'm just thinking, Sammy, it's just gone 2.30. Is this results time? Yeah, this is it. Oh my gosh. This is it. We're just about to hear the final two semi-finalists. Yeah, the sem- going through to the semis. Now, I was going to ask you, Sam, if the voting's been strong, but I know Captain K, he's the pulse of the nation, he's the political worm, and he's got the vote count. Captain K. I do indeed. Staffy, and my hand is sore from taking note of all of these. This was the uh, by far the biggest. We've had people are passionate about these four teams that have come through. Sellouts. Would you like the result to Mr. Falte against Mr. T? Oh my goodness. Sammy did a better Mr. Third, T before. Third, third seed versus the ninth seed in the East. Who was ninth seed, Sammy? Uh, Mr. T. Mr. T. Mr. T. Mr. Ping. Oh. All right, all right. Well, there was no fault in Faulty's game today, like what I did there. Oh. Taking out the win, 62% of the votes. Yes, Good go on. to Faulty. Basil Faulty, semi-finalist. Yeah, he's through. And look, this, there hasn't been as many upsets in this particular bracket, has there, Steph, compared to your uh, golly jolly Miss Lolly Off and... Good golly Miss Jolly Lolly Lolly And, off. of course, the Big Bicky Bonanza. Yeah, we had um, upsets aplenty, but this is stuck to form. But uh, we've still got one more to I come. Was, I was going to say, Steph, you remember hundreds and thousands came in as the 31th seed in the Big Bicky Bonanza. 31th. <laughs> This is 31st. <laughs> I was thinking 21st, 31, 31st seed um, and in make, made the final. Yeah. So it can happen, people. Dare to dream. Dare to dream. Semi-final it made. Did it make? I thought it made the final. Mellow Puffs Toffee Pops. Very true. My apologies to all of the Mellow Puff audience out there. I did not mean to offend and I will officially resign. Hurry up with quarterfinal number two. Four. Al Bundy. Number four, going up against Billy T, number six, and a lot of consternation over where the Billy T should be at this tournament, Stan. Captain K. Well, yeah, boys, that was actually the game I was at today. Uh, Obviously, I wanted to go watch Billy T, a lot of controversy uh, around the game. They've uh, brought in a few imports, Mr. Billy T himself, and... uh, Always a fiery contest, actually, those two, isn't it? It actually is. Traditional rivals. Yes, and uh, look, the controversy continues. Billy T, 70%. Of wow. the votes go his way. That's 70. Uh, I don't know how I feel about that, Steph. I don't know how I be- feel about Billy T going this far. Do you I'm, think it's controversial? It's 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 diplomacy. But you but you know, if I want to be ultra critical here, you said we're voting on characters. Billy yeah. T. James is the guy's name. He plays himself. It's a self it's like saying an autobiography isn't a book. <laughs> 
Okay, like touche. Yeah. Right, touche. Um, all right, well, there you go. Well, there we, we got a semi-final, Steph. We Tell do. us and their seedings. Tony, Tony Soprano going up against Mr. Bean. No, you're not happy about that one. Well, no, sorry. Tony, Tony Soprano and Mr. Bean made it through from the first round, and Basil Fawlty, Al Bundy, made it through the second matchup. So it's going to be... It's going to be Tony Soprano v. Basil Fawlty. Oh, my goodness. And it's going to be Mr. Bean v. Billy T. Oh, so you my got goodness. Two, you got two comedians. you got Mr. Bean and Billy T. That's two. That's a British icon and yep. a New Zealand icon. Yep. Oh. And Tony Soprano. That's going to be hard to do the semi-final tomorrow. Semi-final and you're going to have a lot of time to vote on them tomorrow. And then, of course, staff, the big one, the big national championship. There can only be one. Friday. All day, to and remember four hours. the promise. Remember the promise. I'm, the following week, I will try and get someone linked to the winner of our favourite TV character of all time. Now, it might be someone who put the gaffer tape down on the cables to a Mr. Bean episode, or you know, I'll find someone. Yeah, we've got the address of uh, Tony Soprano's uh, the actor. Was his name James Ganolfini? We've got the address to his grave site, so staff's volunteered to, to make a trip over there and do the show live. See, that's why I, was, I can announce it now. <laughs> Like, I do have the contact details for Ricky Gervais, so that's why I was hoping Ricky... Uh, do you want to quickly tell people, just David for the people that, don't, people that don't know that story, do you really? just want to quickly... Yeah, so a few years ago, I went over to the UK, and before I... Like, I'm a massive Office UK version fan, extras, um, or anything Ricky Gervais has written. I love his comedy shows. I just... He just... I tune in with him. He makes me laugh. So, on a whim, I sent an email to about... 20 or 30 different ricky.gervais at hotmail.com ricky.gervais at aol.com ricky.gervais at .life.com all of that one of them was right one of them was right but I didn't know it and I sent it about a week before I went to the UK and it purely said like he'd get lots of spammy fandom and stuff and I said hey Ricky Mike David here from New Zealand. I'm just popping over to England for a couple of weeks, wondering if you're around. Uh, I'll be staying in Wimbledon. Not sure where you live, mate, but it'd be cool to catch up for a cup of tea. Give us a yell, let me know. Left of that, no, no reply. I went over for two weeks. Three weeks later, I got back email from Ricky Gervais. Hey, Mark, Ricky here. Uh, not sure if you're still here. Cup of tea sounds good. Are you, or are you still here? And I wrote back and said, sorry, Ricky, I'm not, mate. Um, I left two weeks ago, but maybe next time. And he said, yep, next time you're in the UK, drop me a line. So if David Brent, and I couldn't say this beforehand because I've been accused of swaying votes, if he got through and he won, I reckon I might have been able to get him. But I'm not going to go to on false how pretenses. Long, how long ago was that? Was that? Oh, look, we're going back about eight or nine years. Oh, man, we should try and get him on the show. Does he? When was the last time he came to New Zealand for a show? Mm, have you seen him live? No, I haven't. Because like they'll do promo stuff when they when they have a tour here, so it might be the perfect chance if he's doing something soon, mm. and then we'll get you along. Mm. You get backstage tickets, mate. Meet him backstage. Get him in studio. Oh, how damn good would that be? <laughs> rookie devices do that. I'd retire after and that. I, just say, you know, I was just talking to Jane. She said you might be up. Oh, you've been talking to my wife. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I love the, um, I don't know, you don't like the US office, but I love there's one an episode, a scene where Michael Scott and um, David Brent run into each other. All oh, right. And like a bit of a crossover. And they're obviously like identical people. And so they sort of do the same things to each other. It's just <laughs> brilliant. Uh, just a friendly reminder, too, uh, which I mentioned in the first hour. Um, when half of you were away with the Rural Roundup, the great rural show we have on here, it's Gumboot Friday on the 4th. So just text the word Gumboot to 469 and that'll chuck three bucks at the wonderful uh, depression, um, suicide prevention uh, charity that. 
they don't get much funding. So anything we can do to help once a year, 4th of November, Mike King's wonderful charity just texts Gumboot to 469. Uh, just a quick update on the World Series 2. Phillies are up 4-0 against Houston. This is Game three, it's tied at one all. And I mentioned it yesterday, but it's so good. If you weren't listening yesterday, I'm just going to remind you now that the Bricky team had a guy on on Monday called the Philly Captain. Go back and listen on the breakfast uh, tab, uh, Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on the SENZ app. Go and find the Philly Captain from Monday. It's such a hoot. I actually, I've actually listened to it twice. He is so funny. Uh, and it's entitled something like uh, the Astros are cheats or something. He's the most passionate fan. And while you're on there, actually, uh, in that first hour, we talked about the New Zealand top 11 um, that should be taking the field for a semi-final. Um on Smithy's show this morning, hosted by Stephen McIver, they had Daniel McCarty on and, and there was a big discussion about uh, Kane Williamson and the captaincy and whether he should be in the team, um, given his slow run rate, etc. That's an interesting listen as well. But if you want to play the chase, that is up next. The chase is up next. 0800 150 811. Have a crack at the chase. You know how it works. We'll play it after the break. That's the sound of a Wednesday afternoon. That's the sound of the chase. Um, I actually haven't got the phone box thing up on my machine now, so I'm not sure who we've got, Sammy. I think we've pulled in Kyle. I think we've got Kyle on the line. G'day, Kyle. G'day, mate. How are you? Very, very well. Very well. You're coming in nice and hot there, which is great to see, mate. Um, Have you played the chase before? No, I haven't, mate. I haven't. All right. Do you know how it works? No, but I'm pretty sure I'll learn pretty quickly. You will. Have you, have you, last question. Have you ever watched it on TV? Uh, yes. Oh, there you go. Okay, good start, good start. So oh, good. what we're going to do, mate, <laughs> is we're going to put uh, 60 seconds on our timer here. You're going to get 60 seconds to answer as many sporting questions as you can, and then we hand it over to our chaser. They try and chase you down. If they get one wrong, though, you get a chance to push them back. So, Kyle, to begin, we need you to make a selection of set A or set B of our sporting questions. Set B. Set B. Fine choice. Fine choice indeed. Okay. What we're going to do, we're going to put 60 seconds on the timer. 60 seconds to answer as many questions as you can. Your time, Kyle, will start in three, two, one. The All Blacks 15 will play the Barbarians. And which other side on the Northern Tour? Wales. Island A. How many times have the Kiwis won the Rugby League World Cup? Correct. Arsenal, Man City, Newcastle, and which other team currently make up the Premier League's top four? Liverpool. Tottenham. Which black cap is currently the leading run scorer of the T20 World Cup? Glimpler. Correct. How many world titles have the Black Sox won? Six. Seven. Alpha Torre is a Formula One team that acts as a development program for what other team? Mercedes. Red Bull. Which horse finished second in yesterday's Melbourne Cup? Which provincial rugby team did Paul Tito play for? Taranaki. Correct. Britain Nakora plays for which NRL team? Sharks. Correct. Name one of the two teams that have won back-to-back football World Cups. Brazil. That is correct. Snuck one in at the end there, Kez. What do we got there? Five. Jeez, when he was sure. fast, he was fast. Yeah, once he started getting on that roll. It's just that early momentum. Yeah. Staff, that early momentum. Um, which <laughs> one did you pass on? Uh, Emissary was the one that came second yesterday. I thought yeah, I, I should 
know it. I tripped, yeah. I tripped there because you'd think I'd say who won the race, Steph, but I thought, nah, I'll go second <laughs> place. So uh, what we need to do, Cole, just hold the line because uh, our chaser for today, which, of course, <laughs> it's none other than the man that we that does it for free, the Staffinator. <laughs> Mark Stafford, you got five. Me. You got five to catch, Steph. If you pass or get one wrong, uh, we will stop the clock and uh, Cole will get a chance to push you back. You ready to go? Mm. Five. Yep. Ready to go. Here we go. Your time will start, Steph, in three, two, one. Who was the last team the All Blacks lost to? Argentina. Correct. Peter Hicku plays for which NRL team? Uh, the Cowboys. Correct. Which Premier League football team is sometimes known as the Geordies? Is that Newcastle? Correct. Which team has won the most T20 World Cups? Oh, lots of different winners. I'll go the Windies. Correct. Who was the last men's golf player to win two majors in a season? Brooks Kepka. Oh my gosh. <laughs> just like that. Just like that, Kyle. He's just stormed through you. He has stormed too good, through you. Too good. He probably could have gone for 15 there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I reckon. Oh, unlucky, mate, but uh, thanks nah. for taking part and uh, try again next nah, week. All good. Yep, sweet. Thanks, guys. Cheers, buddy. This is Chase. Oh, I mean, it annoys me that that was that good from you. <laughs> I only know I, I went the West Indies because I knew I think Sri Lanka's won one, Pakistan's won one, Aussies won one, I think India's won one. I know West Indies has won one. And I just went Windies. Brooks Kepka too, that was impressive. No, that was quite a famous year. He he just went on a tear for a while and went back to back. But you didn't think of anyone else doing it since? Because that was do you know what year that was? Uh that would be f- four years ago. I'd go twenty eight. 2019? Yeah, 2018, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, okay. Yeah, no, I would have thought something happened in between then, like no. back to back, but no, nah, you're bang on. Well Th- done. Thanks, mate. Yeah. Uh, don't so, forget- why don't you stump up the prize, Steph, okay? Oh, we'll think That's about all I'm going to say. We'll think about it. We'll think about it, Sam. Running at straights coming at you between three and four. And remember, we have a quarter of the month competition going on. It's the Abeliver. Abeliver. <laughs> Abeliver. Imagine if you could get new livers. I'd, I'd do a great trade, actually, a liver shop. But this is Aber Living, and they are sponsoring a, a wonderful prize for Caller of the Month. What's the prize, you say, Steph? I'll tell you what the prize is. Uh, SENZ's Caller of the Month. You're in to win an Oklahoma Joe's Black Jack Charcoal Kettle Grill. And Sammy sits up and takes notice because he's got the Ponderosa out there at Cow Copper Copper. He'd love a charcoal kettle grill, but he's not allowed to win because he's staff. But you can win by calling any of the shows across the month, and that includes running it straight. Uh, they take calls. You could be the winner. Aber Living Caller of the Month. Our final break, and we will come back before we hand over to running it straight with our look back on this day. The 2nd of November, on this day in 1990, uh, in the first regular season game to be played outside of North America by any major league sport, they went to the Tokyo Metropolitan Gymnasium in Japan, where we saw Phoenix Suns beat the Utah Jazz. They met the following night in Tokyo, and the Jazz won that one. In 2004, Maccabi Diva became the first mayor to win back-to-back Melbourne Cups. Here comes Vinny Rowe, Elstrom coming with him, Maccabi Diva. She's got right up on the inside, Maccabi Diva. She's hit the front now from Vinny Rowe and Zasman. It's Maccabi Diva clear. She's out by two lengths to Vinny Rowe. It's Maccabi Diva clear, and she's going to do what no mayor has ever done. Maccabi Diva wins it again. 
And the amazing thing is, she did it the following year as well, back to back to back. Birthdays today, Dave Stockton, uh, American golfer, 81 years old today, absolutely tore up the Champions Tour when he first joined it. Wonderful putter, Dave Stockton. Uh, ben Grant, AFL forward and an NFL punter, turns 49 today. Sammy Rapera, leaguey and a Kiwi boxer now. Um, he turns 39. Andre De Jong, uh, an all-white, is 26 today. And on this day in 1986, the number one movie was Deal of the Century. And the number one song, feel free to sing along. Big thank you to Sammy H. He's going from producer to host with running it straight very shortly. A big thanks to Captain K as well for running the cutter. It's coming up 3 o'clock. Trains on time. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.